This episode of the Old School Red Hill Podcast is brought to you by Gray's Restaurant. You know, they opened the doors 75 years ago, September 15th, 1945. World War II had just ended, so I'm sure that was a hot topic as people came in and had their first drink and their first meal there at that familiar location in Bridgeport. You know, many businesses and people and heck, even countries have come and gone since their opening, but... In the meantime, nothing has changed as far as what they do to provide quality food and drinks, and and that's never wavered. They continue to cut their own steaks on site and bread the tenderloins and the famous catfish dinners. And let's not even talk about the cheeseburgers. I mean, we know those are the best that you can get anywhere. Four generations of the Gray family has taken part in this business by now, and they've left their impact on the the city of Bridgeport and, and definitely the county. Don't forget to check out the Facebook page. They post their daily specials for lunch and and any other specials they may have for dinner right there on the Facebook page. And if you want to call and place an order for pickup, call 618-945-9501. Just like we talk about on this podcast, you can go home and there's no meal around there that feels more like home than at Gray's Restaurant. Well, this episode of Old School Red Hill Podcast is going home to homecoming. As this, as Gary pointed out earlier, would have been homecoming week, so perfect time. I don't know if we did that on purpose or not, but uh, the Old School Red Hill Podcast is an Impulse Radio production, and it is produced by Chip Jamerson, Gary Emmons, David King, and myself, Brian Emmons. Guys, how are you tonight? Doing great. Doing well. Excited about this. I love homecoming at Red Hill. So excited to talk about it. We're going to talk about be going on right now. If, uh, yeah. Yeah. COVID oh, yeah. Right at this moment. We're going to talk about one of my favorite, probably my favorite day and night in high school of all the time I was there. Just a fantastic time. And we're going to be leading off with that actually with Chip. But uh, before we get going, we. I, I just couldn't hardly do this podcast and not mention this as our ages is, will be perfect for this person. But we lost uh, we lost somebody that, as I said on the Birdies Bourbon and Basketball podcast, celebrities, you know, die all the time. And sometimes you see it and you think, well, I didn't even know they were still alive or, ah, that's sad. I hate, hate that they died. But this one, uh, this one hurt. And uh, we lost Eddie Van Halen. I'm just going to play a little clip. Chip, as you said, uh, when we heard the news and we were texting, that one hurt. Yeah, a lot. I agree with what you said there. A lot, a lot of celebrity deaths hurt, and they're they're sad and they're upsetting to hear. But this is one that this one really had a had an impact on me. I can tell and you, we grew up on this guy, you know, and exactly uh, so many songs for so many years, and. The one you just played, Hot Fatigue, that's always my favorite one. I know the guys on this, I love songs with like chaos at the beginning and 
I just love the beginning of that song and the guitar comes in just perfectly. And he's one of the, one of the greatest of all time, for sure. I was going to say greatest guitar player of all time. Well, he's my vote. I know a lot of people I, agree with I, that, but I say so. I, I really got into like pop rock music in like 83, 84. So the 1984 album, which came out at the end of 83, the beginning of 84, that was a big um, album for me as in getting me into rock music so uh, yeah and and, and that night album and gary and chip you know this as good as anybody because you were around um i i played that 1984 album incessantly and then having that was really my first major dive into van halen and then that led me to get that diver down album that was a little bit older and I, I, for a long time in 1984, I played that every day, getting ready, getting ready to go out at night or whatnot. And I had that 1984 album just cranked up. So that's a tough one. And, and a lot of people, a lot of people were sad about losing him. They changed singers, uh, you know, a few times over the years, but the one constant was him. Yeah. Um, real quick. Word. Yeah, go ahead. Van Halen or Van Hagar, would you give your yeah, vote to? That's that's my question too. So good. I, I go Van Halen. I'm Van Hagar. I'm Van Hagar. Yet my favorite, uh, but, but my favorite Van Halen song is Panama. Okay. But overall, overall complete catalog would be Van Hagar. I, I just I love the. I, I think I might like more more Van Halen songs. Possibly. I don't know if I started counting them up. But I love more Sammy um, version songs, so I guess it's so kind I'm the of the only David Lee Roth vote in here. Yeah, I think so. One of the best frontmen in rock music history. Farming is an important American tradition. That's why People State Bank has been working with farmers and their families since 1875. We've had the privilege of serving a wide variety of livestock and agricultural needs. As a community bank, we take pride in the personal relationships we've built over generations. From bidding on animals shown by young farmers in the 4-H ring at the county fair, to welcoming those same farmers into our offices with their first business for the family farm, our customers are more than an account number in a computer. From a sporting standpoint, People State Bank has been a longtime partner with the school districts, sponsoring academic projects, athletic teams, travel, uniforms, and much, much more. We have also been proud to support Pack the Place for the last 10 years, paying everyone's admission for one of the county rival basketball games each year. Find convenient locations in Sumner, St. Francisville, Lawrenceville, and Bridgeport. People's State Bank thanks you for allowing us to be a part of your lives and appreciates the opportunity to serve and give back to our communities in this way. People's State Bank. So let's start with the homecoming of 1983 and to lead us through that journey is Mr. Chip Jamerson. Well, these homecomings take us from Brino's freshman year, right. fall of 83, to Gary's senior year, the fall of 92. So it works out perfect that um, we, we just picked a 10 year span and it just works out perfect with our time spent at Red Hill High School. So I've got 1983, a great football season, which we've talked about before and yep. we'll get into more. This was the year that Red Hill went five and four and where we became contenders, not pretenders coming off as an 
0-9 season that we got into a few shows ago. So big football season, and it's homecoming week. I'll get more into the game in a moment. The theme is look into the future. So, of course, we had the Thursday night parade and the floats that year. The fourth-place float belonged to Brino's class, the freshman, <laughs> we were Blast the Bulldogs. I don't have that float right in front of me right now, but I'm sure it has something to do with a rocket since it's, I can actually pull it up right now <laughs> since it's the future. So I'm assuming a rocket was involved somehow. Yeah, some but sort they... <laughs> of jet pack. Uh, I remember Carrie Hill oh, was, yes. was in a football oh, uniform. Yes, jet pack. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I know Carrie was on there. I'm not sure who the other two was. And, and just a running theme throughout this, my class was horrendous at floats and this was no exception. This was terrible. As was mine. I think David's might have been the only successful float making class. They were pretty strong from what I've seen. So Brian, was my was my mom your one of your class sponsors? I was I was I had memories of uh making a making a float with Carrie Hill being there. No, I don't I, I <laughs> no. don't think so. Um I'd have to check that. I don't really know, but I don't think so. Okay. Could be. All right, the third the third place float belonged to the junior class. Salukis are in the news. The seniors, Madam Pigskin Predicts, had the second place float, and the sophomores were the float winners that year with deprogramming them. So Ooh. they were already computer lingo they were using back in 1983. And of course, one of the highlights of the homecoming week, along with the football game, is the homecoming queen candidates. And this year's queen candidates were Kelly Heath, the daughter of Mr. and Mrs. Butch Heath. Amy Holtz, the daughter of Mr. and Mrs. Galen Holtz, Tracy Skimmerhorn, daughter of Mr. and Mrs. Tony Skimmerhorn, Jody Polly, daughter of Mr. and Mrs. Don Polly, and the homecoming queen that year was Lori Cheek, the daughter of Mrs. Becky Cheek. So Congratulations, Lori, Cheek Lori. And the escorts, I did not write that down, but I've got it right here. I know Jimmy Medlin, he was the, he escorted Lori Cheek in, and it looks like Jerry Worth. Uh, Doug Grismer, uh, Bobby Lydus, and Dan Pink were the were the other escorts for homecoming that year. Yep. Know why we didn't do a homecoming king and just did the escort? Yeah, I don't know. Does anyone know? I have no yeah, idea. I no idea where that tradition started. I always I read something about that the football team chose the homecoming the homecoming queen candidates. Um, I don't know if that. I don't remember. I don't remember that. Yeah. I don't remember I don't remember specifically choosing anybody, but Yeah, I'm not sure about that. You know, I always kind of thought that maybe the 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 bad thing if you won that we had to come back the next year and crown them. <laughs> <laughs> and the so now this was a huge homecoming week. We'll, I guess we'll get into the football game moment and Brian was part of this, but there was a lot going on. There were concerts they had a live band playing. Now the yearbook said that Shaker Band was your um, provided the music at the homecoming dance. Dance, yeah. And now I know there was a free fair concert too. So was the free fair concert a different time than the Shaker Band concert? Take yeah. us back, Brian. You oh, were there for this. Yeah, actually, it, I, I spoke of my uh, my greatest couple of days. It, it, this was really really awesome, and I saw a picture of it earlier that. So what happened was there was a, what do you, you know, an assembly or whatever. And they said, we we're going to have a band. And it turned out there was two bands that, that played, I guess. I don't remember the first one. Are, are, do you have that picture there, Chip? 
I found I it earlier, it but, but yeah, it looked kind of like a poppy band or whatnot, but I have no recollection of them. I just remember Free Fair, and uh, it was obviously, you know, that whole side of the bleachers was full, and Free Fair came out, and you got to remember, well, you know, especially the freshmen, probably sophomores, not many of them had really ever been to a concert and heard, like, you know, real rock music being played. When this hit the microphone, I can't tell you, it was absolute bedlam in that gym, and it sounded like this. I'm not kidding you. When that hit, the place went crazy, and it continued oh, sure. to go crazy the entire afternoon. So, what an assembly! Oh, this it was great. awesome, and and they gave some you know some kind of message or whatnot. Um, I do. I still remember the keyboard player. I think talked about it was probably something about picking on other people or bullying or whatnot. And and I still remember this. And I've actually said this and tried to sound real real smart to my kids. He said, "Don't ever blow out someone else's flame to make yours burn brighter." And, Good advice. Uh, you know, yeah, we were like, "Wow, that was really deep." So anyway, <laughs> but profound. yeah, nineteen eighty. 1983, that's ahead of the time. Yeah, so, so this, this guy's... So this is Shaker Band. We're no, 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 this is, this is Free Fair. This is Free Fair. Okay, where's Shaker getting I involved think Shaker in this? Po- a I think Shaker must have played the, the dance, maybe. Okay, so we had two bands that weekend. Yeah, so uh, again, I don't... Three, I think. Uh, whatever that other <laughs> band's name is. Oh, I'll, yeah, that's true. I'll the Free Fair was playing during the daytime? It was like an afternoon assembly, like, you know, whatever, one thirty, two o'clock or whatnot. Oh, here it is. It, the other band was called Life, um, okay. and they look, you know, kind of poppy 80s really looking. And then you can see in the picture, it's on page 24 of that um, 84 Barker. Um, then you can see Free Fair, and you can see a great picture. I don't know if you guys have that yearbook, but you can see. I'll flash it up here. You can see, I mean, the place is packed and everybody. Yeah. Uh, so, so anyway, one of the coolest things Harry Rice's principal ever did the place is going crazy. Everybody's crying. You know, there's encores. I mean, you'd think this was, you know, Bon Jovi. Yeah, or Van Halen, right? And obviously discussions had been going on behind the scenes. Harry Rice comes out, grabs the microphone, <laughs> says something, um, and then said, as a reward to our student body, tonight after the parade and bonfire, Come right back here for a free fair concert. And I mean, the oh, place wow. went nuts. <laughs> so, so did the parade, did the bonfire and all that. And I can remember standing out front of the gym waiting to go in. And I mean, it was just a huge line. It was like a sectional or a regional at Red Hill. Uh, people lined up. And anyway, so we go in there and they just, they just rocked um, just as hard as they did in the afternoon. So it was just as a 15 year old. 14-year-old, whatever the hell I was, it was it was really cool. We lived yeah. right down the road. I mean, we lived a block away from the high school at that point. So, like, I have a vague recollection of, like, seeing people going into the gym for this big concert. So, <laughs> you could probably hear it from our house. But now, Brian, another thing I see in this yearbook from that year, 
and you're involved in this, it looks like. There's like a conga line or something like that. Is this just people going crazy for free fare, or what is the conga line out that people, It was, what, what is I remember you held hands with people. Yeah, I know what this is. It was like a, it's a snake, you know, you just- Yes, yes, yes. You just keep it; just keeps winding around, and I don't know. And so the person in the I'm front. I sure was started on Judy Avenue, and why were why were you at the football field? Yes, yeah, so now you're bringing the, you're bringing that memory back. We did actually run down the street, like it went That's out what the into. Picture is. Yeah, and I'm sure by the end, because you know the first person starts winding around, and by the time you get down to the 80th person, I'm sure people are falling. Down, oh yeah, down and. Yeah, and it's um, I mean. It just looks like pandemonium during the snake. I mean, there's people lined up five deep watching this snake take place. So it was definitely an, an amazing home. I don't remember the homecoming part of it all. I was in fourth grade or fifth grade this year, but it was, I, it, and I just think that the we're contenders, not pretenders, I think was just fueling everything. You got this great football team. You got the rock band, you got homecoming. I mean, what, what a week at Red Hill. Oh, it was fun. Now, I, I was going to say with that week, you know, I mean, that's something that you know, Coach Evans always big on, you know, don't get too distracted with what, but it was a great week. I mean, it was, you know, fall weather and every night you were going to wherever someone's house that had a big pole barn to, to build the float Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday night. And then, you know, Thursday night you had the, the early football practice would get out and then everyone with the football players, of course, would get on the a fire truck or a float of some kind, you know, and, and then you had the pep rally, and I mean, it, it was just yeah. you know, spirit week and all the different things. I and mean, it was just a great week of uh, anybody that was in high school participating. Decorating the, the windows downtown. Yeah, I, I, I love the Thursday night parade. I just love that. I mean, I can still feel, I, I can just feel what it felt like. It's cool. I don't remember where. I, I think I stood, I mean, I was in it a lot of years, but I think I stood at separate places. But I've always said, when someone asked me, what's the best parade you've ever been to, I always say the Red Hill homecoming parade is the i mean that's the king of all parades and, in my and, opinion. and a lot of people in town came out to watch that thing yeah it was a huge deal yeah and the so we talked about Lori cheek was our was was crowned the queen and we talk about this a lot just as friends how red hill did the homecoming back there so this kind of it leads through all the 10 years but since i'm leading up i'll talk about it so red hill plays the friday night game and then would do the dance the same night. You don't, we, and we don't do that anymore. We, yeah. but that's how it was for years. And so it was a core, it was a 10 30 coronation. It wasn't good. So, yeah. So, I mean, first of all, the football players all have to shower in the locker room and then rush to the dance. And by the time this coronation takes place at 10 30, the dance really doesn't get going talk to the coronation. You maybe had 45 minutes to, I mean, I, I yeah. doubt we stayed till midnight. It had to end at eleven thirty, I would guess. Yeah, I, I just yeah. I remember yeah. even back then everybody saying how silly the whole process was. So so Red Hill now goes with the Saturday afternoon game, Saturday night dance, which is decent. I prefer the Friday night game, Saturday night dance. Yep. It's there's no rush. People can do their hair and their makeup or whatever on Saturday. People that are into that kind of stuff. They can do that on Saturday. Don't have to worry about the football game. And I prefer Friday night. I like the Saturday afternoon playoff games, but I prefer regular season football games on Friday night. I like that. I did see the later on, I think the coronation got moved up to 10 15. So it gave the gave the kids a little more time to (laughs) so let's get into that football game with our team that would go on to go five and four that year. We came into this game two and one up near the top of the conference. And a huge 14 to 6 overtime win over the Carmi Bulldogs 
to move to three and one on the season, we would end up going two and uh, two and three over our last three games. But what a great, I'm not going to say we're coming off an 0-9 season, second year head coach, we're off to a three and one start and legitimate wins over Fairfield. And I guess it would have been Salem and Carmi just to win three out of our first four yep. that year. So in the, in overtime, uh, Sean Grismer passed to Brett Atkins for the go ahead TD. And then also for the two point conversion, Grismer to Atkins to make it 14 to six. And then we held the Bulldogs out of the end zone to, to prevail in that game. So I'm not going to look real deep into stats or anything because we will do, we may do this whole season might be a podcast. Oh, at for some sure. Point. Yeah. If, at the very least, we'll do the 83-84 school year, sports year, where we talk about this. Some news going on that week. Um, there were, in Major League Baseball, there were actually two no-hitters thrown that week. Dave might remember one of these. Bob Forster, I believe, maybe a second no-hitter of his uh, career that Oh, yeah, I remember that well. So Forster, no-hitter, and then Mike Norris of the Oakland Athletics also threw a no-hitter that week to wrap up the MLB season. It was Emmy Award week and we may remember from when i was discussing the fall television shows back in the 8283 podcast i talked about cheers debuted in that pre in 82 so at the 83 emmys it dominated the comedy awards and hill street blues the drama awards and while everyone was getting ready for the parade on thursday that same day president reagan voted to keep 1,600 Marines in Lebanon. I don't have a lot of other information on that, but I know it was parade day because it happened on that Thursday. So we'll get into some music and movies of that week. So first of all, the let's let's talk about the homecoming theme. That never gonna let you go by Sergio Mendez. Um, better than we were before. Loved you then, but And when I think of Sergio, I can't help but think of a Seinfeld episode where um, Kramer and Newman are discussing Sergio Mendez. Songs, you got Sergio Mendez. Now, come on. Wait, wait, wait. Sergio Mendez has a cult following. Why do they follow him like a cult? Yeah, he can't even walk down the street in South America. Look, that's his problem, all right? Now, you don't like it too bad. I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's my uh, connection with Sergio Mendez now, other than that great song from the uh, most amazing homecoming week in the history of Red Hill. <laughs> um, yeah, and, you know, I I guess when we're talking about this big homecoming week, I mean, an overtime victory, I mean, like, what what more, how many positive things can happen that week? Not, I, I think... And then the, the dance time, though. I was going to say, my yeah. first re- <laughs> my, yeah, <laughs> my first reaction is the dance even got shorter. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, that's true. So Shake Shaker Band couldn't have played too many songs that night. Uh, was was Shaker was that an Ash? Was, was Shaker an Ash band? I think it was, right? It might have been. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure. I one remember the, the name. I remember hearing about the band. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure Shaker was one of the uh formulations of the Ash uh, brothers and cousins. So let, let's go through some of the big hits that week. The number one song that week was one of my all-time favorite songs, Bonnie Tyler's Total Eclipse of the Heart. Oh, wow. 
and the name is slipping right slipping my mind right now. I can't believe I can't think of it, but the guy that writes those songs for Meatloaf and for Bonnie Tyler, um, there's big Celine Dion, those big anthem type hits, um, Jim Steinman. So that's a Jim Steinman classic. Uh, an HBO song. video jukebox classic. Yeah, yeah, true. That's when I when I think of that song, when Gary and I, when we mom first got us HBO and they would have little shorts in between movies of little blocks of videos, that was a staple. Now this next song, I know I said Total Eclipse is one of my all-time favorite songs. This is a great <laughs> time for music. I like this song even more, my next song here. We actually, my daughter Josie and I, we were cruising around Colfax, Illinois yesterday, and this song came, they, my kids make fun of me that I always say this, but like, when this song came on 80s on 8 on Sirius, I mean, I was showing Josie. I, I had goosebumps up and down my forearm. <laughs> the song It still gives me goosebumps when that first um, note is played. And a top five hit that week was the Eurythmic Sweet Dreams. Yeah, that part. Sweet dreams are made of. Great song. And the next song was a, a number one pop song. It was a number one country song. Definitely one of the biggest songs of 1983. We've talked about it before when I was talking about the Cheers um, theme on the 82 episode. This is a major Waco song. And I always remember in fifth grade, I lived kind of caddy corner from the Rays. And I would go over to their house and Coach Ray, who would start his day at the fifth and sixth grade center, would drive um, Corey and me to school. And when we'd be sitting in their living room, they always have Waco blasting through the house. They were playing this every morning in 1983. And this is, as I said, number one song on both charts, Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers, Islands in the Stream. Islands in the stream, that is what we Great. This and whole podcast is full of just like, we could have done it just on the music and not even talked about parades and stuff. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. And I'll, I'll go through the, I'll wrap up my portion here with going through the big movies that week. At the Plaza, you had Mr. Mom and Risky Business playing. Wow. Yeah. The two, two big time movies. I, I don't know when it left. It was a tie. It was like number five at the box office that week. It was, uh, was vacate National Lampoon's Vacation. Holy still big at the box It wasn't at Vincent's. That was, but you have all these movies. I mean, you could only fit two there. So it had to be difficult to pick and choose. But, but Vacation was, and I mean, became even bigger on VHS after its yeah. stint in the theaters. And then the, actually the number one movie that weekend was the one movie on this I haven't seen, but I know it has great, it's known for its great music. It was debuted at number one. Not in Vincent's yet, but The Big Chill was the number one movie of that week. I think it's like an oldies, like 50s, 60s music on this soundtrack, if I remember right. So that's about all I have for 1983. And like I, I, I know we've said it over, over and over again, but just a tremendous homecoming week. I don't know if anybody can top that for um, just every everything that happened. It, it was a, it was a really, really good time. And, and, uh, and I was glad to be a part of it and was real happy that Christy grabbed my hand and put me in the snake. 
Um, yeah, so whoever took that photo had you, you right in the middle of that snake picture. So we are looking for insurance. We hope that you would call the Andrews Insurance Agency at 542 Main Street in Bridgeport. Terry Andrews and Justin Shearer are your independent agents and they're your professionals for all of your farm, commercial, and personal insurance needs. And they've been strong supporters of Red Hill Athletics for decades. So if you're brought down by a pack of dogs, get off your seats and on your feet and see T-Bone or Juice and give them a call at 618-945-2881 at the Andrews Insurance Agency. So I'll take over for the 1984 homecoming. And, um, you know, when we were discussing what years uh, there was, you know, you had, I know I did had to stop and think about, okay, it's, if it's the 84 homecoming, it's the 85 yearbook or whatnot to make sure we did right. Well, the Barker screwed it up too, because, uh, in the 85 yearbook, they've got homecoming 85 when that's homecoming 84. So I started down that path and I'm like, wait a minute, am I on the right year? And, and so thanks for the Barker staff for doing that. Appreciate it. Um, number one movie in the world, or at least in our portion of the world, was called Teachers. It was Nick Nolte and Joe Beth Williams' Judd Hirsch vehicle that uh, I've never seen. Um, I, did, I watched that in a, a college class at OCC, an education class. They showed us the movie Teachers. So I would see that movie about seven years later. Okay. Good movie. Um, Karate Kid is on over in Vincennes. Um, I think we're all all very familiar. I remember going, my memory of Karate Kid was going to that movie, and there was a whole contingent of Red Hill kids there, and Dan Pank was sitting in front of me, and his seat actually came unbolted, and he just fell to the floor right before the movie started. Uh, I don't think Dan, that's happened Dan to me Pank, since. From Dan Pank from the 1983 Homecoming Court. <laughs> thank, thank you. Yes. <laughs> the very one. Uh, number one song in the nation is one that we're all very familiar with and uh it uh it it fit this time for me anyway this is prince and let's go crazy my goodness music's good isn't it yeah just just hearing this song this was the year in like May or June of 84 is when the Emmonses moved next door to me, which was a life-changing moment. That wouldn't have happened. We're, we're not doing this podcast right now. So, and when I hear that, I hear that song, I think of sitting in Gary's living room watching Night Tracks or whatever on WTBS, um, watching that video on there. So, let's see, what was, was Night Tracks on TBS? What was the USA? Uh, was it Night Flight or what Night was flight. their? Yeah. yeah. N- Night Flight, video, uh, jukebox, we've already mentioned on HBO, and then, of course, uh, MTV was really getting going. You had a lot Friday of... Night videos on NBC. That's yeah. right, yeah. For, I forgot about that. Yeah. We had a lot of... We didn't have MTV yet, but we had a lot of options. Yep, that's for sure. Um, the aforementioned Stevie Wonder came in at number two. But what it is is something true made up I just called. Uh, I'm pretty sure that was uh, a song that Jason Young and I would. Uh, I can't remember if, who he was hot after at that point. It seems like it may be Missy, Missy Fisher, and we would call the number and just play that song and then not even talk. <laughs> <laughs> like a prank. 
That's pretty smooth. That's <laughs> really yeah, worked. It's not that bad. Really worked, right? I mean, the words fit the idea yeah, behind I mean, it and everything. Uh, number three song in the country on uh, Homecoming of 1984 is still. Um, I don't know if I ever think about listing this as one of my favorite songs, but when I hear it, I sure do like it. Thinking nothing's wrong. Who's gonna drive you home tonight? My God, that is a great yeah, song. Awesome. Yeah, when, when you talk about um, rock music deaths that rocked you, uh, Benjamin Orr, who sang lead on that song, and Rick Ocasek, when yep. those two passed away, those, those hit me pretty hard too. I, the Cars have so many good songs. You know, I, I, you, you become so accustomed to seeing the Rick Ocasek videos that it's it, when you see the the other one with with Benjamin, yep. it's it's kind of strange. Uh, for the parade on that Thursday night, uh, the student senate decided to go with song titles. And the seniors, uh, we're going to bang your head, took the victory. The juniors, uh, up where we belong, uh, got second. My class, the sophomores with Lion Busters, and just a terrible, terrible float if you see it on the picture. I don't know how we beat someone, but uh, the freshmen came in with Eat It, Lions. And they did. Uh, Red Hill comes out with a victory 14 nothing wasn't a very pretty game over Edwards County uh, raised the record to two and three for the football team uh, Bill Evans described it as a very very ugly win 100 yards in penalties that game uh, TDs Shannon Grismer rushing Pat Seed had the other touchdown receiving quarterback Sean Grismer goes seven of 16 for 76 yards three rushes for 24 yards uh, my buddy Shannon Grismer led the way on the ground, 15 rushes, 76 yards. Brett Atkins, who you talked about uh, in the 83 game, um, had five solo tackles, four assists, and an interception. And, you know, we're going to dive into him in some of his teams. but And I don't know how much, Dave, you saw Brett Atkins. And, and Chip, I know you did a little. And Gary, what an athlete he was. He was just like built. Player than a football player built out of bricks and you know wasn't real tall but and super fast just a just a fantastic athlete um was brett tony worth and larry craig both had four solo tackles as well and my old best buddy in the whole world neil heath a young sophomore comes through with seven assists on uh, on the defensive effort and uh bill had his quote in the paper that said, as a sportsman, I was ashamed with the way our kids played. Edwards County was cheap shotting us and we lowered ourselves to their level. Wasn't pretty, but it was a win. So must've got a little chippy toward the end there. It sounds like, uh, the Cubs blew this hurt. They blew that two Oh lead against San Diego. San Diego comes back to win that series and then goes on to the world series. And, the first taste of success that I had had as a Cub fan, and that that hurt when that ball went through Leon Durham's legs. So this was the same weekend they lost game four and five out in San Diego. It was the same weekend then yep. at homecoming. Yep. Okay, yeah. So I would not have been at that homecoming game that week. So I, cause I remember I was down at my family's and my grandparents in Kentucky um, for those games four and five, so I missed this homecoming game. So two and zero in homecoming so far. So far, where the boys are playing well. Then uh, of course we get uh, to the abbrevi the abbreviated dance that we've so talked about. 
Uh, the theme, and I noticed when I was loading the music for this episode, it, it was very, uh, very Peebo Bryson and James Ingram and Sergio Mendez, very, uh, lots of love in the air. And uh, that continued with uh, this Peebo Bryson classic. Well, if that doesn't make you horny, I don't know what will. <laughs> that feels like 1984. <laughs> yes, it does. Yes, it does. Uh, Danny Wayne, a, a name from the past from WRTB, was the DJ for the dance that night. Uh, the MCs for the evening as they announced the court was Stacy Harper and Tia Bennett, and they introduced the uh, homecoming court of Lisa Croslow being escorted by Donnie Paddock, Francie Halter, being escorted by the very athletic Brett Atkins. Tammy Wagner and Pat Seed teamed up. Julie Bushy and Larry Craig, the late Larry Craig. And Donna Franz is your homecoming queen and escorted by the late Todd Polk. Those two guys are very, very much missed by the Red Hill alumni. And um, Donna was a super, super nice person, and uh, I was really good friends with someone that was totally in love with her at this time. We won't go into that too deeply. So that's going to kind of wrap up uh, 1984. Uh, good year. I really don't have a whole terrible amount of memories about that year. Um, I don't think I went to the dance my freshman or sophomore year. I don't think I started going to the dance. Oh. You went to the dance. I don't think I, I know I didn't my freshman year, but I don't think I did this year either for some reason. I don't know. Maybe I did. I have no memory. You're probably drunk. <laughs> well, we were starting to get to that time. There's no question about that. Um, so I, uh, I drew the straw in 1985 as well. So we'll just go right into that a little bit earlier homecoming than, uh, in the past couple of years, it happened on September 26th and 27th. This was, uh, my junior year. And uh, I was single and ready to mingle, I'm guessing. Um, the number one movie in the country was uh, the Chuck Norris classic Invasion USA. Um, but then the other movies in the two theaters in Vincennes were, were pretty good. Back to the Future was ending its run as the number one movie. Rambo, First Blood Part II, uh, a movie that I had never heard of in my life. Uh, compromising Positions, starting starring Susan Sarandon and American Ninja was entertaining the folks over in Vincennes. Um, the number one song in the country was this classic. That ain't working. That's the way you do it. You play the guitar on the MTV. That ain't working. That's the way you do it. Money. When I hear that song, the first thing I think about every time is Marty Curry cruising around the high school, jamming that at levels that were probably illegal at the time. Uh, In my opinion, Dire Straits, one of the most underrated bands of the 80s. I was positive period. you were going to say overrated there, and I don't know why. Oh, no. They're amazing. <laughs> yeah. When I think of, when I think of Marty Curry, I think of my freshman year, which we'll get to in a little later, uh, sitting in... Coach Evans's classroom, um, Marty was out of school at this time, 
and cruising around all day long playing pour some sugar on me right after it was released by like may is right near the end of the school year but so this was marty curry would go on to play other hit songs uh, <laughs> cruising around the school. that kid cruised around that school a lot <laughs> anybody I don't, I don't know where marty curry's at now if uh if marty if you listen to this check in with us on the on the facebook page uh, the next song, uh, number two in the uh, United States, according to Casey Kasem and Billboard, was this classic by Cool and the Gang. Had an assist there at the beginning from Peebo Bryson as I hit both buttons at the same time. But you got the idea. Cool in the gang. And number three was, uh, I'm going to play the song, and I'm going to see if you, and I bet Chip will be able to, tell me who sang this. Well, Gary loves this. I mean, this is a Gary Emmons song. It's um, Ready for the World. That's right. Ready for the world. Oh, oh Sheila. So we head to the parade that evening. Um, first place. I'm not sure what the theme was, um, but uh, we pause P-A-W-S to celebrate. Defeat was the number one float in the parade, and that was by the sophomores, and that has Tana Holtz written all over it. I'm positive of so it that. Sounds like sounds like a foot theme so far. Well, we'll see what the other well, have. now the next one, and I looking at the picture, the 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 float was titled Reward, and it had some sort of funeral theme. So I don't know where we're headed here, honestly. All right, <laughs> let me hear a couple more here. Yeah, I could. So the uh, that was the seniors, uh, the freshmen beat us, getting third place with lettuce, as in the salad, lettuce. Toss a victory. Very clever. Okay. And we had just another awful, awful float. And ours was Let's Celebrate. And if you look at the picture, it shows a football player that was made out of a, some sort of stick figure. <laughs> He's standing in front of a band, a silhouette band with heaven above it, which is the theme. It just awful. We were terrible at this. And but boy, could we build pyramids? We we lost the the, the float all four years, but the uh, the class of '87 claim to fame is we won the pyramid competition all four years, which is unheard of in these parts. So congratulations, '87. Head to the football game. It was a twenty to twelve win again over Edwards County. I'm not sure. I'm not sure why that happened. Do you have any idea? Have you ever heard that story? Why we played Edwards County two no. years in a row? I don't know. I don't know. Is that when they were, I don't know if they were maybe building their new school, a new football field at that time. So they had to play road games that year. I don't know. I'm just throwing things out. I'm not sure. Why yeah, I, I, I'm sure it did. And I also didn't know, and I'm assuming it's the same one. John Hart was the coach at yep. Edwards County. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, um, that 2012 win, um, the daily record had I thought this was funny. The daily record had zero stats on this game. It just basically said we won and that was it. So went to the Vincent Sun commercial to pull a little bit. Mike Cress, 17 rushes, 64 yards. Hype Baldwin on the as the quarterback was 12 of 29 with two interceptions. And Dan Piercy was the receiving master with three catches for 44 yards. Uh, the theme of the Homecoming dance, which we'll hear again in a few years in a little bit different version, was this by Brian Adams. 
favorite songs right there it's a good song fantastic for all incredible you, song for all you lovers out there and the homecoming court was trisha hazlett and mike kress tia bennett was escorted by dan piercy courtney kirchie and mike carey patty worth and jason thacker and the homecoming queen that year was stacy Shear, escorted by tony worth and she was crowned by last year's winner donna franz who interestingly had david lawson step in as her escort because uh, todd polk was off at the naval academy so that will wrap up the 1985 edition of homecoming and so we'll just slide right on into 86 uh, number one movie in the world crocodile dundee coming off a nine-week run as the number one movie made 65 million all told other movies on over at uh, Vincennes was kind of a bunch of uh, forgettable movies. Uh, one called Extremities with Farrah Fawcett. Uh, some mouse, Disney mouse detective movie. Top Gun was still playing. Playing for Keeps and Avenge, Avenging Force or something like that. Never heard of any of those. Was that an, was that an American Tale, the Disney movie? Uh, no, it's called uh, The Great Mouse Detective. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know that one. The uh, number one song in the country, one of the greats, Huey Lewis in the News, stuck with me. We are bound by all the rest. Like the same Nada, all the same friends, and the same Very, very well, maybe my favorite Huey Lewis in the News song. Top three for me. Very, very Power cool. of Love, number one. I was going to say Power of Love's number one for me. Uh, number two was uh, a really, really uh, song that had completely escaped my memory. Uh, I think this girl, Gloria Loring, was on Days of Our Lives, I believe, and somebody yes. named Carl Anderson, Friends and Lovers. I uh, I had very very little memory of that song. Oh, I I love that song, and, and I was a big Days of Our Lives fan, so it was good to see Gloria Loring at the top of the charts. And she was married to Alan Thick, and she's oh, the mom right. of Rob, mom of Robin Thick. If you're a masked singer fan like I am, wow, I didn't put that together. Yeah, I, yeah that's awesome. And uh, Janet Jackson comes in um, with number three. I would have thought that song, I would have guessed that that song came out later than 1985, but there it is. Number three. Is that off the Control album? That sounds think, right. Yeah, yeah, I think that was maybe the first single off that album. That's the exact countdown that we were listening to last week on Serious, that's, Gary. Yeah, that's right. It stuck. I, I think you were away, but Stuck With You was number one. Yeah, I, I had one of those panic moments when I was loading this music from my, and I'm like, wait a minute, Chip was just talking about Stuck With You. Did we? Did I get one of my years wrong? And then I remembered it was actually yeah. talking about that countdown. Yeah, Gary, we we actually mentioned those other two. We were texting about those other two songs for a little bit, also. So the parade happened on Thursday, October second, the day I turned eighteen years old, and um, 
The juniors won with Victory Express. There's that Tana Holtz again. I know she was behind that. The seniors, uh, that was us. We had, again, just a, a horrendous float. Um, it was called Blow Up, and it had a big hair dryer. Somehow we got second place. I don't know. Uh, the sophomores was called Goodyear. It had a big tire on it, and I, for the life of me, could not figure out what the freshman did. Um, and it didn't have a name or anything. It was it looked really bad. Um, the game, here we go. We My class didn't have a lot of highlights in football, but this evidently was one of them. 20 points in the fourth quarter for a 41 to nothing win um, again uh, over Edwards County. Uh, in a row. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Bobby Bow. We're undefeated on. Yeah. Undefeated. Hot. Bobby Bowser. Yeah. Two interceptions for touchdowns, both of them in the 80 yard range. So big night for Big Bob. Uh, Shannon had a great night on the ground 20 rushes, 200 yards. Uh, Jerome Thacker led with uh, two short receiving touchdowns. Bobby also kicked five of six PATs, which I was the holder on that. Oh. Um, so, so really, uh, really good game. Really fun. I, I remember they came in, uh, I think his last name was Gilliard or something like that. Edwards County had a supposedly had a really big time quarterback and they had a, a, uh, a tight end that was going to Iowa state to play basketball. That was a hot shot and Neil and Jeff McKinney and those guys decided they were going to hit that kid as hard as they can. And, and we knocked him out of the game, um, in the first quarter. So, um, kind of had our way with them but uh good stuff yeah, we didn't have like i say we didn't have a lot of highlights yeah, bob bowser was in the ihsa record book for several years i don't know if he's still on there for um um tied with several people for like second place for most interceptions returned for a touchdown in a game so i might check the ihsa website and see if he's still listed on there but yeah, yeah it might be record setting for because i in in the article coach evan said he, he thought those were records so um bobby with his time to shine there good job my man and uh the dance that year it was uh the theme was uh heaven in your eyes from the movie top gun correct yes yeah that was uh, lover boy right yeah yeah yep cindy brown was uh, lucky enough to be escorted by moi kelly wagner and chris sager teamed up tina kurtz got shannon grismer tracy adamson talked uh, that big loser kevin tucker into walking her down the aisle and the winner homecoming queen for 1986 is jamie gray escorted by one of the great guys of all time in the history of the world neil heath so that will and wrap I, up my 1986. Yeah, Chip. I just got one update for you there. Uh, Bob Bowser still tied for second uh, 34 years later. Um, there, there have been five individuals that have returned three interceptions for touchdowns, but he's in a tie with several for returning two touchdowns. Who knew so, that um, history would be made that night on those hallowed grounds of the Red Hill football field? Yeah. And kick five extra points, you said? I mean, uh, what went, a night. Uh, yeah, yeah, big night for Bob. Went five of six. Probably my fault, the one he missed. I probably didn't get the snap done. How we played them three years in a row. They went from Albion to Edwards County 
previous season. So there had to be something maybe with the scheduling or a conference change or something maybe. I think I probably that middle year, I'm guessing, like Chip said, something was going on with their field or whatnot. And then the other two were just our regular home year. Yeah. So, yeah. Because that school is, I know when I was in high school a few years later, that school was pretty new. So I don't know. If yeah. I, I when you said that, off, that but... sounds, yeah, that sounds right. So, hey, let's skip over to 1987. And uh, Chip, you want to take us through that? Yep. I'm back again. I promise we've got Gary and Dave coming up soon. I know a lot of our fans are waiting for that, but you got me for one for one more year here before I get to another one. So 87. So I'm actually in high school now. This is my freshman year. This is my first taste of really being involved with homecoming. And the theme of the homecoming dance that year was from just a, a beautiful song. In my opinion, an underrated song. Ario Speedwagons in my dreams. I used to thank the Lord when I'd wake love in the golden sky above me. I could play this whole song. I love I love that song. I mean, I, I've been friends with Bucky Lee since I was six years old, so I didn't need anything to validate our friendship or anything like that. But I remember sitting in Coach Chapel's Algebra 1 class one morning in September or October of that year, and um, when he let me know that he loved the song In My Dreams by REO Speedwagon, I was like, I mean, we've got a bond forever, Bucky. So, <laughs> you have good taste in music, and I think anybody knows Bucky. And he's, part of the, he's from the Ash family, and he's been a musician himself. I think we all know he's... Um, he knows what he's talking about when it comes to music. Um, the DJ at my first ever homecoming dance, and I did go all four years, was Danny Wayne. He's back again. I'm so I'm sure he was a constant there during the, the 80s. Um, to me, it was like having a, to me, a DJ from Vince's. I mean, that was a major celebrity to me. So it was like, it was just like having a celebrity in the building, seeing Danny Wayne there because I listened to him so many evenings. Um, I've got a good Danny Wayne prom story that I'll have to tell if we ever cover the 1987 prom. We will. We, we, yeah, the 87 <laughs> prom. Because I'm sure some people are wondering, well, when are they going to talk about the proms? We're going to do that next, in the spring. We'll have our prom episode. So let's go. Now, the Queen candidates, this is such a great class and so many great people in this class that they had to have six candidates this year. They couldn't limit it to five. So let's go through the candidates. And I was horrible at writing down the uh, escorts, but actually, no, I found I've got them over there. All right, so let's just go through the Queen candidates first. It was Whitney Kirchy, the daughter of Carl and Linda Kirchy of Chansey, was up for Queen that year. Stacy Fisher, the daughter of John and Susan Fisher of Sumner. Debbie Scott from our neighborhood, the daughter of Faye Shoulders of Bridgeport. So we'll see if our neighborhood um, person can, can bring home the title. We got a few more candidates here. Amy Forsythe, the daughter of Mike and Billy Forsythe of Sumner. Uh, the aforementioned Tana Holtz, the daughter of Chuck and Teresa Holtz of Bridgeport. And Denise Winchester, the daughter of Suzette Griggs of Bridgeport. And our escorts that year were, and I did not match them up, and that's fine that I didn't. It's uh, Tom Toole. Jason Fulton, Todd Hardacre, James Perrin, 
Jerome Thacker, and Shane Pimbleton. And the crown bearer was Dustin Andrews. I'm not sure who the flower girl or the, the who carries the girl's crown. I don't know. I couldn't tell who she was in the picture in the yearbook, and it wasn't listed. So Dustin or anybody that was involved from that time, you know, an early 2000s, late 90s grad, let me know if it was you, and we'll make sure we mention you on a future podcast. The winner was Denise Winchester. She's your 1987 homecoming queen. Congratulations. She was escorted by Jason Fulton. Awesome. Um, the theme was movies that year. So like I say, this is my first taste of homecoming. We went out to Chad Andrews' house is where we built our float, at least for the first two or three years. I'll get into our senior year in a little bit where we built that float. I was at a different location. But the fourth place float, and we were kind of like Brian. So Brian's class has just graduated, and then my class comes in to replace them. <laughs> More horrible and floats. Yes, we were. I thought I thought we were fourth all four years, but I think in a later report coming up from Dave or Gary, we're going to get a third place one of these years. But we did start off with the fourth place. I thought it was one of our better floats. It was High Road to Victory, which I mentioned in an earlier podcast when High Road to China was at the theaters. Um, the Whitney twins were carrying Maria Preston. What do you call that when you carry someone from royalty, like on a you got like a person carrying on each side, and they're like on a they're like on what's that? I don't know what that's called. Can anyone think of that? I, like I, they, they, I can they, picture what you're talking about, but I can't. They used to I carry. I know they used to carry Benjamin Franklin through Philadelphia on one of those two, but I can't. Remember. I know. So I know a bunch of. I'm giving a, I know a bunch of female wrestlers painted in gold carried Triple H to the ring <laughs> in WrestleMania one year like that. So yeah, I I couldn't. I was trying to think of that right before the podcast and didn't get that didn't get that researched in time. So we were fourth place. A nice float, a big mountain. Uh, I Sounds I, great. I I never I never heard a chicken wire until building this float. You know what chicken wire was? <laughs> I'm the same. <laughs> That's so funny. You said that. I'm the exact same way. I never heard of chicken wire. <laughs> but I remember, as I'm sure most of the floats were, we had chicken wire all the way around it. And my job was like, I took like little pieces, like tissue paper, paper and, and stuck, stuck in it. <laughs> stuck in the chicken wire. That was my job. Um, great float. Um, the junior class, um, the class we've talked about quite a bit on this podcast with their athletic, their ex, their amazing exploits on the athletic fields and courts. Um, the juniors finished third with Salukis are gone with the win. They took a classic there for their float. I'm kind of glad so, they lost. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they can't win everything. So <laughs> the, uh, the sophomore class, they were second and they went with Friday, the 13th Salukis revenge. I looked it up. The game was actually on October 16th. It would have been really great. if The game would have been on Friday, the 13th, but yeah. I, I like where they're going with this. And I know you mentioned Tana's great with the floats, her class, their last year, and they bring home another victory. It was red, white, red, white, and blue thunder with a top gun theme. My thought, I, know, I didn't know Tana was so involved, but I know Doug Cummins is an amazing artist. Yep. So with the artwork I saw on this flow, I'm sure Doug Cummins was involved in it as well. I'm just, I, I, listen, I'm speculating, but I have a feeling the idea was Tana's because she's incredibly creative like that. And uh, then, like you said, the, the then the artist took over. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to throw, throw out a shout out to my mother. I, as I mentioned earlier, yeah. she was my class sponsor. So she would have been taught. She would have been in Tana's uh, class. Sponsor. Oh, okay. Yeah, I got you. So she's part so, of this. 
and I think my class took home. I think we took home the championship all four years. So wow. So I'm guessing. (laughs) So my guess is David Kerry Hill had had enough of. um, I just remember Kerry Hill for some reason. Well, I I was only like I was like a third grade, something like that. I was. I mean, either a he liked float building so much that he wanted to go join another (laughs) class and help out with theirs, or he just got sick of the garbage of the class of '87. (laughs) (laughs) Helped out this. Wanted to try to latch onto a winner. So let's get to the football game. So that we're we are four and zero so far in our homecoming games that we've talked about. This is our fifth year, and Red Hill moves to five and zero in homecoming right. games. And believe it or not, we did not play Edwards County in this game. Now, before we get into the game, the Daily Record used to do some guest pickers, and they would do their staff. So it was Don Shreve, Joe Jones, and Mark Chamnus were in there every week. And this week's guest picker for homecoming was actually recent Red Hill graduate Brian Emmons was oh, the guest picker. Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so um, Brian O picked this game 18 to 6. Red Hill was his, uh, and I've already told you we win this game. I probably should have built some more suspense on that. But um, we were one and five coming into this game. So Brian O went out and knew we were playing a struggling Flora team. So Flora's who we played in this game. And we did come out on top with a 23 to 14 victory. As we know, as, as Gary mentioned in the last podcast, we had three consecutive two and seven seasons. So this is before the big, the big ones coming next, the big seasons coming next year, which will be, we'll have their homecoming in a moment. So I know we're going to go to six and zero here in a little bit. And then it starts getting rough after that. I think. <laughs> um, hey, Gary, the, Gary, uh, did you have an update on that? Uh, what it's called when you carry somebody on a yeah. some kind of platform? It's called one of two things, either a litter or a palanquin. I would have never known that. I, yeah. I, okay. Let's go. Let's well, go with you, palanquin. Gary. I like that. I don't. I don't feel so bad that I didn't know the answer. No, now. don't feel bad. I don't think I've ever known that answer, but I am. I am intrigued. Why would I have been a guest picker the year after I graduated high school? That seems strange to me. Yeah, I, mean, I think you were just a well-known sports guy. And in I have, town. and I have no memory of it. <laughs> at least i got that's it right your, yeah your picture's in there so hmm. that's so we won 23 to 14 a few highlights from that game stacy moore uh broke the school record that day he may go on to break it again i think gary mentioned on the last podcast in 88 but he did set the school record that day so he broke his own record i guess the next year a 28 yard field goal uh height baldwin was the previous record holder i'm not sure how far that was but so uh, 27 20 oh so just beat it by a yard (laughs) and then um so uh 28 yard field goal uh lance smith caught two touchdown passes that night from clifford york and clifford also ran for a td Uh, i mean i obviously clifford was a the the quarterback of the the we made state 88 but i don't know if i give this guy enough credit for his um prowess as a quarterback i mean just looking at all these stats in in these these seasons you know it worked out. I, I think it probably worked out good for Clifford, even though my senior year we weren't very good at all. But it was able to give him experience at quarterback because Height left after our junior year to go to Mount Carmel, which allowed Clifford to step in and play quarterback in a year he wouldn't have. And I think that probably yeah. helped his development as, as a quarterback going into you know some strong years after that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Coach Evans was ejected from this game for two unsportsmanlike uh, penalties and 
Ed Chapel took over the head coaching uh, reins for that victory. So I did really remember him um, even coaching football. I mean, it makes sense because like, like we've talked in other podcasts, it's pretty much the same guys coach basketball, coach football. Um, and Coach Evans credited um, Coach Chapel in the post-game article about it, um, a, an idea he had at one point that he, when Coach Evans, before he got ejected, about uh, pulling floor off. It was like a third and two. And, um, you know, I guess we went on two. So the snap count uh, drew floor off sides and, and gave us some minimum. I think we went down and scored a touchdown or either that was right for the field goal or something. But so Chapel with a savvy move there that Coach Evans credited. So that would be our last um, win that year. We did lose to Oblong the next week and Lawrenceville to end the season. So it would be a disappointment of the season, but we'll get more into that when uh, we cover yep. that season some more. Um, the big news story, though, because I really do not remember anything about that football game. I don't remember the field goal. I don't remember Lance catching those touchdown passes. But the one thing I do remember about that night is the buzz going around the Red Hill football field of that baby Jessica was rescued 58 hours after falling 22 feet oh, wow. into a well shaft. So yeah. when I was looking at things that happened on that night, I didn't think of that right away. But once I read that, I was like, oh yeah, I remember where I was standing at the football game when I heard about that. So that was obviously a story everybody was following for, for two or for a couple days, yeah. uh, wondering it and if she would be rescued. So that was the big news story that week. Um, the music of the week. Now, br- we talked about music videos earlier. The fall of 87. Solid. This was a major year for me. This was when Bridgeport got MTV. We had cable. We had some, and I went back and looked. It was, there was an August article that talked. We might have MTV by, by January 1st was the, was the hope by January 1st of 88. I know, I think we got it in late August, early September. Cause I remember my dad taking me, we went over to the, like the city hall in Lawrenceville there on, you know, by Bob's, whatever yeah. that is. Yep. And we got a, uh, we got our new cable box that was going to be needed for these expanded channels. So, I mean, we had been watching the video. I, you know, I would record videos. I would, I would record night flight on a VHS tape and then watch it over and over. So to have MTV and this was in, when in, in my opinion, I know some, I've heard some people say it really, I was listening to another podcast and people talked about how MTV is better now. I, the only person I've ever heard say that. So I was like, <laughs> I got really offended when they said that, but this was when it was music videos wall to wall. So, and that's funny. Big... It's funny. Did you say that? Cause I, I would have guessed that we had it before the fall of 87, but that's, uh, yeah, this, that's this interesting. It, so, and when I think of MTV, this is the song. I think I remember seeing this song when I first got the MTV in our house, seeing this song in heavy rotation. And it was the number one song this week. Uh, of this week also during homecoming week, Lisa Lisa and Colt Jam with Lost in Emotion. Now, were they with full force on this one? You know, when I was saying that, I didn't know if Full Force was with them or not, so I stopped short of saying Full Force. They didn't want to give them credit; they didn't deserve it. But, um, I just—I've so. always liked saying Lisa, Lisa with Cult Jam and Full Force. <laughs> or no, it's Lisa, Lisa and the Cult Jam with Full Force. Okay. Now, the number two song that week, um, one of my favorite. I don't go deep into the Prince um, 
the catalog, mostly the Prince songs that I know are the songs that are popular, which there's lots of them, but uh, don't know a lot of deep album cuts other than the Purple Rain soundtrack. I know every song on that. But the number two song that week is, and I love, I just love the, I should have had Brian cue up this part of the song, because so I don't know if it'll be in there, but I just love the term, your body's Hector slamming. And it's You Got the Look by Prince with Sheena Easton. We'll see. We'll see if I uh, hit the right portion of the song. I don't know if I did or not. <laughs> I did. Yeah, you did, and I, I know everybody considers that that's another that's another one that hit hard was was his loss about four years ago. Yeah. But uh, an incredible songwriter because I know he I know Sheena didn't come up with that term Hector Slam, and that's all Prince. Yeah. Um, uh, incredible songwriter and artist and musician and everything. And the number three song that week, uh, just hey, the four of us here. I know some of you aren't into the love songs like we are, but the, we all are, and just a beautiful love song. Following up the fi- the huge success of the final countdown, Europe came back with another top three hit, Carrie. I wish if this was a video podcast... <laughs> Everybody would love to see us on the screen every time one of these songs goes on. <laughs> We're bopping, air drumming, whatever. And then I'll wrap wrap up my portion with the movies of the week. Uh, Stakeout, I believe that was a Emilio Estevez, Richard Dreyfus um, yeah. movie. Yeah, <laughs> the dream team. Um, yeah, no shit. I'm kidding. Yeah. The, the, I just looked at one page in the paper and it showed the movies playing at the show place. It did not mention the Plaza movies. I know Plaza is still around at this time. So I just had the show, play, but they were some big ones at the show place. So yeah, Stakeout, um, a movie I want to go see with Matt Gentry is kind of, you know, I'm more of a weekend movie guy, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday afternoon, maybe. But it was kind of weird that the Gentry's called me like on a, it was like a Tuesday evening and asked if I wanted to go to the movies to, to see like Father Like Son. I believe that's a Kirk Cameron movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep, is, yep. The, is the father Dudley Moore? <laughs> Dudley Moore, I was about to say, yeah. Is that when they switched roles, like ages? Yeah, yeah. Body, I think a body switch. There was a, there was a, there was a popular yeah. theme back then. <laughs> and then the number one movie is playing at the show place. I think everyone that's listening has seen this. It's just in pop culture when you think 80s and the late 80s. It's the movie that probably comes to everyone's mind. And the number one movie was Dirty Dancing that week. Yep. And that wraps up my freshman year homecoming, 1987. Oh, I had one other thing to add. Uh, Just to check Brino's. So Brino's, he had Mount Carmel beating Lawrenceville 42 to 6. He picked Red Hill 18 to 6 over Flores. He won 23-14. He had Olney 13. Salem 7 was his prediction. And Carmi 24 12 over Fairfield and I believe Brino went three and one that week. I believe the Salem Wildcats knocked off the only Tigers. So oh, 75%. Well, good, good job. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> Quite I mean the Mount Carmel Lawrenceville game, that was pretty easy to pick. Eh, they don't be, don't be crapping on my picks here. They were all difficult. <laughs> he did have Lawrenceville score and he predicted them to put six on the board. I, I do not have their, um, 
how they did. Actually, it's probably on this other screen here. Oh, real quick. I know nobody cares, but <laughs> oh, you said 42 to 6, Brian. Yeah. That was his prediction. The final score was 41 to 7. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they picked me. Are you looking for a great golf tournament to play in this fall? Well, here we go. The two-man silo showdown, October 25th, starting at 11 a.m. at Country Oaks Golf Club in Montgomery, Indiana. It's $100 a man, $200 a team, two-man tournament, of course. 27 holes. They're going to play scramble, best ball, and alternate shot. If the full field, and I know they are starting to get close to a full field, they're going to have six flights. So limited to the first 54 teams that sign up and pay. First and second place will be paid on total score. First place paid on each segment. There is an optional skim pot. So to sign up for the two-man silo showdown at Country Oaks, October 25th, call Blake Burkhart at 812-259-0947 or Eric Wagler, 812-787-2926. Or you can always just check out the Country Oaks Facebook page and they've got information on the tournament. The two-man silo showdown, October 25th at 11 a.m. at Country Oaks Golf Club. To We Made State in the 88. Go get him, Dave King. I'll take it from here. Um, I'm going to start off with uh, the music. Um, started diving into uh, the Billboard charts for that week. Just an absolutely incredible an incredible countdown. Um, I'm just going to name off some songs. Not no particular order here but you got wild wild west you got never tear us apart by nxs fallen angel by poison Jeez, bad medicine bon Jovi, football locker room State stop it stop it sweet sweet child of mine don't know what you got till it's gone by cinderella Ugh. how can i fall by breathe and also hands to heaven by breathe um chicago checks in with look away <laughs> and uh, did we ever sleep or did we just lay around and listen to music I, all the and, time? And also Chicago with, I don't want to live without your love. Uh, Tracy Chapman, fast call. Oh, that one of the greats of all time. Waiting for this, waiting for your star to fall. Uh, the promise by when in Rome, I have no memories of that song um, from that time period, but great Napoleon dynamite. Song, yeah, for sure. Uh, later, later on. Um, when it's love by Van Halen. Great song. <laughs> Rest in peace, Eddie. Um, I don't, or I say I already mentioned that one. Um, and I'll transition into uh, the top songs, my top songs of that time period. Uh, we'll start with the number one song in the country um, at the time, uh, Red Red Wine by UB40. Red Red Wine, you make my feet so fine. You keep me rocking all of the time. Red Red Wine, you make me feet so grand. I feel a million dollars. I had a choice to make there. Do I was I gonna go with the song or the rap? Good choice. Good choice. Exactly. I'll tell you, Dave. All these songs you're naming, I I am in the driver's ed car right now. <laughs> My music time machine. I am in the driver's ed car with uh, Mr. Dillard, Jenny Buchanan, Les Baker, Matt Foster. That's where I'm at right now. Matt Foster from Bridgeport. Uh, off topic, real fat, or on topic, but off year. My driver's ed song is uh, Sister Christian uh, with uh, driving around with Sabra Duncan Parrot every day. Nice. Um, 
So after after the number one song, number two song, one of my favorites oh, of all great time, song. Uh, "Love Bites" by Def Leppard. Do you tell lies and say that it's this part right here, where it's just it's quiet, but it's powerful and oh, incredible, yeah. So good, so good in concert too. That song for me is like. 96 STO top 10 at 10 laying in bed listening to that countdown that's exactly awesome I've absolutely wore out that hysteria tape um I think I went through I think I went through I wore out two tapes I had three different copies of that um and then it was actually checked in at the number 16 song this week uh we touched on the last uh the last show but uh Kokomo by the Beach Boys Aruba Jamaica ooh I wanna take it this song having a nice run on our podcast yeah great great song from uh from uh one of the one of the movie, big movies from that fall cocktail yep reminds me of gene allen every time i hear it <laughs> and then that leads into our homecoming theme um of one moment in time by whitney houston yeah they all can't be winners I love those. That was right during that was the theme of the summer of the Olympics. Olympics. Yeah. yeah, I love and there's so many stories from those Olympics. Um, but our homecoming court uh, for for 1988, uh, we had Roxy Blue Bomb, uh, escorted by Stacy Moore. We had Trisha Gognett, um, escorted by Travis Reinhardt. Let's go Adam Street. <laughs> yeah, Sonia, Sonia Moan, uh, escorted by Lance Smith. I think I know who's going to win this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go back into the archives if you want to hear who wins this. <laughs> I received, real quick, escorted by Mike Gray. real quick, I received and, more yeah. feedback on that particular segment of the show i had people texting me calling me yes lance dated sonya at that time he didn't know but other people did so if you're not listening to these shows in order you need to go back and listen to episode 70 to understand what we're talking about yeah. uh to, to repeat uh heather brown escorted by mike gray and then christy battleson uh escorted by jc brookhart uh, christy battleson would go on as we talked on the last show to win the uh, snowball uh, snowball queen uh, a couple months later. So. And I, I, yes, winning uh, winning the homecoming queen was Sonia Moon and her escort Lance. <laughs> what an item they, they were! They, they, and they were dating at that. They time. were. We had, it is confirmed okay. by several sources <laughs> they were dating. <laughs> um, as for the uh, homecoming floats, um, as I just alluded to, uh, the freshmen began their uh, domination of the floats of. Uh, Led by, I'm, I say, I'm gonna. I guess I'm gonna give Nancy King the credit, but um, as as class sponsor, she must have led the way. But uh, we had a very, <laughs> we had a wipeout oblong, um, very elaborate, very elaborate looking float. I'm sure I had a lot to do with uh, with uh, putting that together myself. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but uh, yeah, so yeah, freshman, uh, freshman uh, class of '92 take. Uh, take the float competition 
the football team, the football game, we touched on this last show. Um, we played Oblong uh, this week. We extend our we extend our homecoming winning streak. Um, said the biggest thing I remember about that game is we were we were six and one coming into the game. We'd already clinched a playoff spot. We should have we should have blown out Oblong, and we were tied with them at halftime. Absolute maddest I ever saw Coach Evans at halftime in any any game my entire high school career <laughs> but yeah. um the seniors res- the seniors responded came out uh we hung 28 uh hung 28 on oblong in the second half to beat uh to win 42 to 14. yeah that's six consecutive homecoming wins now hot yeah, um, said, are uh, hot. It's, it, it's about it's about to get bleak <laughs> <laughs> enjoy it while it lasts folks uh, let's see, Chip, uh, you would have been a sophomore at the time. You got any memories from this week? From the homecoming week? I'm trying to, um, no, none. Do you have any memories? Okay. Do you have any memories? Do you have any memories from the week after this. homecoming? I did not, uh, I did not the opt to go to the dance this year. Um, I know Chip said you went all four years. Yeah, I, I was I was there, but I don't have a lot of memories of the dance. Or the I I mean I'm sure we were at Chad Andrews's house doing the float again. I know you didn't you didn't break down the floats, did you? On what flight? No, I didn't. I, this, this is the fresh. This is the okay. One. Oh, this was our danger zone float. That's right. Yeah, so. I, I do have a picture of your danger zone float. Sophomore, oh yeah, sophomores third place. Okay, yeah, that was our year. We got third, not fourth. But yes, I uh, we were in the Chad Andrews's truck is and for that one. And I know I sat in the back of his truck and we played the Kenny Loggins hit, of course, Danger Zone on okay. repeat the entire okay. phrase. So I okay. sat in the back of his truck and I think we threw candy or maybe not. But I know it's it was not the a back. bad song. It's not a bad song to listen to on repeat. No, I was in that. I know Tony Weston was in the back of the truck too. Okay, yeah. that's why I do have a memory. All right. Well, that kind of wraps up 1988 for me. Uh, maybe anybody got anything to add? Did Brian, I know. Did you go to any dances post high school for yourself? I don't think so. I did. I think I did go to a prom. I did. I didn't go to. I don't believe I went to homecoming. I, w- with I was thinking about that too because I would think at those. If Brian would have been at the same dance, I would have been. I would have found some way to connect with him, and I never remember connecting with Brian at a at a dance yeah i don't i don't think i think i'm pretty sure i went to prom once after i graduated with daphne but that was it so moving on now i guess to uh 1989 90 school year so the 1989 homecoming week some of the notable things happening in the in, in the world that week uh glenn fry joined don henley on stage for the first time since 1981 and oh wow had a rough go at it and um you know reunited somewhat of the eagles for for the first time in a long time, uh, Baywatch debuted on NBC yeah. uh, in the, the fall of 1889, which provided some uh, entertainment for probably guys our age during that time, for, and, for the most part. And became one of the hottest shows in the world. Overseas, Baywatch was huge. Uh, movies playing over in Vincent's at the Plaza. You had When, when, Mary, uh, when Harry Met Sally. And Al Pacino and Sea of Love. That show plays three. You had Uncle Buck. I know Chip and I went and saw Uncle Buck. Yep. I'm pretty sure together. Yep. Uh, a, bl- a movie I have no recollection of. Black Rain and The Abyss are both playing over there. Top three songs on Billboard. Hot 100. Number three. If I Could Turn Back Time by Cher. You talk about a video. Yeah. 
Wow. And in, uh, perfect timing, perfect timing for our, uh, this song was actually the, the homecoming theme this year in 89. So coming in number two in the Billboard chart was Heaven by Warrant. The second Heaven to serve as a theme song in the last few years. Got a picture of your house And you're standing by the door It's black and white and faded And it's looking pretty warm I see the fact without a word I decided I decided to go with the beginning of that song because I just love those words so much. And uh, the number one song in all of America, Millie Vanilli, Girl, I'm Gonna Miss You. <laughs> I feel like I'm in Chip's I'm going truck to going to football practice. I, I, feel like, I feel like you're in my truck driving to school that morning. That's <laughs> where I feel like I am. I know Millie Vanilli gets a lot of flack. Yeah. Maybe rightfully so. But yeah. I don't care who sang that song. It's a great song. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't care if people are lip syncing it. It's a whoever's saying it. It's a great two, song. Two points on that. One, once you see, I mean, I'm sure you guys can picture the person you've seen that actually sang it. He's like kind of a heavy set older guy with a big mustache. <laughs> Once you see that, you really like. There was no way it was those two guys. <laughs> there, those two guys got treated so bad by the record industry that yeah. uh, it just—it's horrible what they did to them. But we do another podcast on that. I would love to do a podcast on them. Speaking of, uh, you might want to yes. stay tuned um, on those very lines. Uh, the the Chip and Brino or Brino and Chip podcast, whichever way we go with it, uh, is going to be debuting here very soon, and we are just going to pick an album or a movie and discuss it. They'll be short, quick, fun podcasts. So uh, watch out for that. I'm sure we'll announce it on the Facebook page, the Red Hill Facebook page, when the Brino and Chip show gets started. One thing to add on the uh, on the warrant by. Uh warrant song heaven first uh, we touched on this last show that was the first single tape i ever purchased oh wow walmart, walmart Lawrenceville. it's worthy of it it was definitely worthy of it so we got homecoming week the actual football game was on september 29th that year a little bit earlier uh we had spirit week at school that week and some uh, some of the days we had was pajama day we had a dress like a nerd day uh, your favorite team day was a day, uh, and beach day. Then, of course, Friday every year was always red, white, and blue day. I was always uh, against those days. I don't think I ever <laughs> I hated that. My kids have hated I was going to say, I, I probably the the red, white, and blue day. I would have been all about that. They but. still do oh, it at Bar Eve. My kids hate it. And now, I mean, where I'm at, they trickle it down to the elementary school because I'm an elementary teacher. So it's just a... I mean, the kids don't know anything about homecoming. I mean, I'm okay if the high school kids do it, but all it is is just a distraction for teachers in the classroom is all these days, which they don't even know what homecoming is. Save it for the, I always say, save it, you know, give them something to look forward to when they're in high school. They don't have to start doing it when they're in kindergarten. Yeah. We don't have homecoming this week, this year at Ridgeview. So there's a <laughs> good thing about <laughs> You don't have to look at a sea of uh, fourth, yes. uh, fourth graders in pajamas. Yeah, we still have Red Ribbon Week coming up, but that's a, well, that's for another show. So this particular year, this is my uh, my my first year <laughs> participating in Homecoming Week, my freshman year, and Dave would have been a sophomore, and Chip was a junior. Yeah, um, we were all on the football team during these three years, and uh, during that particular, I mean, and the the 
looking at the floats, it looked like we had some sort of a theme surrounding hillbillies. <laughs> that uh, that particular <laughs> homecoming. I'm not sure where that came from, but that's that was the that was the theme. And I don't have much information on the floats other than the, the floats that I remember the most that year. It wasn't even a float. It was the junior <laughs> class. That was us. <laughs> that, that chips class that basically built something in the back of Kelly Tibble's <laughs> pizza, pizza <laughs> forgot about that that's awesome <laughs> yeah i think we just like taped some like a sign or some words on the side of kelly's truck <laughs> yeah. there was no chicken wire there's no no yeah it was the first was time no it wasn't even a float chip <laughs> the truck was perfect chip finally found out what chicken wire was and they took it away from him so i, I think too you know i i remember one maybe more than once but i know kelly took me home from football practice one or two times and uh you literally could see the road while you're sitting in the truck. It was rusted out. It was, it was, it was, but it was a perfect, perfect truck. For, you mean for you could team. see the road under? You could see the road underneath you. Yeah, you put your, your foot down the road. So yeah, it wasn't that wasn't the great. You know, talking about pep rides and stuff. We haven't talked much about this because I know this year in particular they had a powder puff football game that year, and I'm not sure we none of us has talked about that before, but. I know this year they had a powder puff game. I think this may have been the last year that they had. I think a couple of fights broke. Uh, I forgot about that. that I forgot about uh, powder puff games, no, honestly. I have no memories of that. Yeah, so I don't know if they did it much more after that, but I know they're in that game. They got a little chippy <laughs> between the girls and they had to maybe <laughs> That's great. Um, so, yeah, so we uh, moved on uh, to, the, to the football game. And uh, we played Fairfield that year. And unfortunately, as we, yeah. we spoke up, uh, <laughs> oh, that's when – the glory days for homecoming, at least, had, had come to an end. This was Coach Bob Bagby's first year. We were 0-4 at the time coming in and playing a Fairfield team that was pretty good, and uh, they hammered us 55 to nothing. So wasn't much of a wasn't much of a game. Bagby had said in the newspaper that he was very disappointed in our effort, that we had kids that should have been playing uh, better at that particular time. Uh, I bet. A couple of just small stats to tell how ugly the game was, <laughs> as, as, as the score wasn't enough, but. Uh, we were outrushed 329 yards to 87 yards. They threw uh, for 137 yards, and we threw for eight yards. Tidwell had eight rushes for 43. Geno, four for 25. Jesse Medoff, three for two. Bubba rushed for 31 yards as the fullback. Not, a, not bad Not bad rushing yeah. averages there. No. Uh, <laughs> David Seed, negative 14 yards. He got sacked several times. Yeah. It looks like I came in the game. It was one for one for eight yards to – Probably a fullback screen to Bubba Baker, I'm guessing. So, Good job. Good yeah, thank you. Pretty, pretty impressive fourth quarter, I think. But, um, so it wasn't the, uh, you know, was obviously we had a few more losses and got one towards the the end of the year against Oblong. Uh, uh, but still, you know, one of the most memorable times of my life was this football season and this new crazy young football coach coming in and love him or hate him. I, I still crack up thinking about the times we had with him as our football coach and definitely um, and still thinking about him being like a 26 year old guy at that time just blows my mind too. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I can't believe he was that young. That's going to be a great show sometime. So moving on to the, to the homecoming court, you know, we had uh, Monica Cunningham was escorted by Shane Brown. Of course, Tina Fisher escorted by Jesse Medall. Daphne Devonshire was escorted by David Seed and Robin Andrews was escorted by Mike McKinney. Coming, uh, the votes came in, and Jenny Wells, our cousin, Brino, was, yeah. uh, is, is named Queen. And uh, her escort that year was Donnie Deckard. And, uh, you know, there was a picture of them in the Delia record. And as we said before, the, the uh, 
the dance was uh, Heaven by Warrant and just a wonderful, fantastic song. So, uh, you know, that was that kind of wraps up 1989, uh, my freshman year, and what a year that was. And a win for Adam Street for Homecoming Queen. We didn't win it in 88, but we got one in 89. About what time. Run. What a street. <laughs> About time. After winning the mayoral election in 1980, whatever, yeah. 19. 1988 or well, whatever we, it was. We did it. We we do think we had both candidates. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, we couldn't lose. <laughs> so, All right, so we're ready to go to 1990. Chip, let's, let's go, go to 1990. Back. Okay, Chip Jamerson's now a senior at Red Hill. And let's start off with the homecoming theme. It was the Poison brought out, uh, put out a new album that summer. And their ballad off that album um, something to believe in was the theme of this dance. Sometimes I wish to God I didn't know now Things I didn't know And we'll, we'll go over and go over the court there. And I, and I do, I, I love that song. And I know some people, we, we were on another uh, Facebook group where some people didn't like that song, but um, I think more of us liked it than didn't like it, but a, a great ballad from Poison. The, king and qu the, the queen candidates with their escort. So we had Mindy Purcell, she was escorted by Scott Piper. Long, they'd been going to school together since kindergarten, the morning class at K-5-6 centers. They <laughs> walked down the, the aisle together. Uh, Jackie Cummins and Kelly Tidwell, who we talked about in the previous year, escorted Jackie. Uh, Ralph Bowersock, first year on the football team, and he escorted Dana Roberts. Uh, Gene Allen uh, escorted Angie Abel, and Jackie Limran was escorted by yours truly, Chip Jamerson. Good job, Chip. And as you can tell, I, I get into this homecoming stuff and like it's like interesting to me, the candidates, the escorts. Um, I don't know if Jackie would have picked me to be the escort, but like I was eligible because I was a football, I was a football senior. So the escorts are all football players. So I know like I know some guys like didn't want anything to do with being on the homecoming courts. Like, oh, it's just a hassle. I got to do this. I got to dress up like. Like I wanted to be on the homecoming court. Like I wanted to go down in history. I wanted my picture in the yearbook. So <laughs> that's, I'll be honest with that. I, I like that kind of stuff. I'd followed it for the last 10 years. So I was glad to be part of that. Yeah. So we didn't win though. Um, you were, our, you our, were, our, you were the rare person that wanted to come back the next year, right? Oh yeah. I would have loved that. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the, so Angie Abel was voted queen from the class of 1991 at the 1990 homecoming. As I said earlier, she was escorted by football stud Gene Allen. And our uh, crown bearers were Cody Allen and Abby Legg, went on to have um, big athletic careers at Red Hill. Abby did, I, I get some of those Allen boys mixed up. Was Cody, was he a good football, uh, did he have a successful football career, Gary? He was a really good running back when I was uh, coaching in yeah. on offense. He was had a real good uh, Yeah, he's the one that he, like, like, he was, like, setting records. Back. Like, he was, yeah. I thought that was the one. I want to make sure I, would, I had the right Allen there. But um, I, I knew they all played football and all probably wore number 23, just like homecoming escort champion Gene Allen, um, their, their cousin. So um, that's the dance. Uh, don't I think? Oh, actually, I do know our D. I was gonna say I don't have our DJ, but I remember I was there. Our DJ was the late Steve Sheely that night. I'm pretty sure. Really? Was one of those days. 
And I know it wasn't 87 because Danny Wayne was. So, yeah, Steve Steely was spinning the records that night. Huh. So our, let's see, I couldn't figure out what the theme of the parade was, but let's see. Our, the fourth place, this was our fourth and final year. We did get fourth place for the third time. Um, we were the senior tribune. It was a newspaper. Uh, I think it had, I think it was like Charlie Brown and Lucy, I'm sure kicking a field goal was part of it. Uh, or trying <laughs> or to t- attempting so to, senior, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, senior tribune, uh, finished fourth. I know we did build that out at the Cunningham's, uh, out at, uh, Steve and Judy Cunningham's house is where that was built. So we have moved on. I think the Andrews may have just hosted the first two years. The third place was uh, Gary's class, the Jetson float. So I don't know if Gary took part in helping build that or he was focused on quarterbacking the Salukis and didn't have time for for that. But I Jetson. think I think we took over the Andrews pull barn. Uh, oh, class. that makes sense. Yeah, Ooh. that's why we were only out there the first two years. And yeah. then again, I think you guys are mentioning, I had no thought of this since that time, but the chicken wire and stuff and the <laughs> tissue paper, is, I think that's what I did too. Yeah. <laughs> I, Chip, you guys lost your place to build after you just went with a decorated truck. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not sure where that was. I had no part in that, but I don't know if we even got together for that one. I mean, I, mean, I think it might have been hopped in Kelly's truck and put in the parade is what it, I know Darby was driving. It's a great picture of Darby driving the truck in the. Oh, parade. yeah. <laughs> Darby. I th- um, has Darby now made every podcast? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I can't think of more. Maybe the cheerleading episode he didn't, but well, yeah, I'd have to go back and listen. But yeah, at least seven out of eight at worst. Um, second place was the freshman class, the real tiger busters that scene. They're using a theme that Brino's class used. They used a ghostbusters theme earlier. So drawing on that, but they got a second place with it. And of course, David's class brings home first place with slam bam, the tigers break up that class. We're crying out loud. That was uh that was that was built in uh King Farms uh brand new, uh, brand new, uh, shop building that year. Uh, I, I was. I was sick that week with a nasty case of strep throat, so did not participate in any homecoming uh, any homecoming activities that week, including the football game. Oh wow! No wonder yeah. we lost. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. I think I just went out to the Cunningham's <laughs> one night. It was like almost done when I got there. I know I rode with Brian Whitney and his Fiero. I know he picked me up, and we. I think we watched Doogie Howser, MD. I think it was that was on Wednesday night, so. It was, it was it would have been the last night of the float building. So I think they watched Doogie Howser MD and then went out to the Cunningham. I think I saw they're rebooting that. Oh, that'd be. Great. I don't know I if it's going show. to be Doogie as an adult or oh, wow. another kid, I but I did see they're rebooting Doogie Howser. Okay, good news. So, well, well, as King and his classmates said, "Slam bam the Tigers." We've got Alney coming to town for homecoming, and. We were we came into this game, I believe, zero and five, either zero and five or zero and six. Um, we didn't win a game that year, so you know it, it's an zero and nine team. Alney, the big school from down the road, they've had some football success. They're starting to tail off a little bit in the late eighties, early nineties, but um, only lost seventeen to nothing to Alney. So I honestly oh, didn't remember. Wow. Get- Whoa. Gary probably remembers it better than I do, but I don't didn't remember us playing all such a tough game. But yeah, seventeen nothing loss, and um, and Evan said in his preview article with Joe Jones leading up to that game, uh, he was frustrated after the Fairfield loss. He said it was a zoo down at Fairfield last week. It was just the, it was awful. 
So he was changing things up. He was putting our 11 best players on defense. Uh, I mean, that didn't care what your si size, whatever. You're, the 11 best football players are going to play on defense with just the hopes of trying to keep some teams, hold, hold them down a little bit. The points where we're not giving up 50 points. So we at least had a chance to stay in the game. And it worked. I mean, held only 17 points, but we just we couldn't score. But at respectable homecoming loss. We're six and two in homecomings now, and that's really I don't have a lot. I mean, we said we didn't score, so I don't have a lot of information from that from that game. I, I I'll make sure we do a 90-91 podcast at some point, so we will get into this game a little more then. Um, the big story in the news that week: uh, Florida record store owner Charles Freeman was found guilty of obscenity because he sold two live, two live rap crew. records yeah. in the shop. So, oh, for shame. <laughs> so, that Can was you imagine? Night. Holy cow. That was October 3rd when that when that uh, ruling came down in the courts down in Florida. Um, so that was the biggest story I could find of that week. Can um, I tell a share story about that real quick? Yes. So I think probably the three of us, not minus Brian, we were down in Evansville, came to the mall, and I was – all geared up i was going to buy the two live crew tape at one of those record stores in the mall and i go grab it and uh, i pull and go up and pay for it and the guy's like uh you know this is the clean version right and of course i panic and i didn't know what to do so i'm like yeah i knew that i know i, just, I, bought, I bought the clean version because so it, it sounds to me like that record stoner like he was willing to go to the courts in in vanderburg county and he would have sold you the um the dirty version, I I believe, just from his tone there, it sounds like. He tried. Like. I just want, I, I panicked. didn't know what to do. Thankfully, uh, one Michael Bunning uh, moved to Red Hill that uh, that spring of uh, spring of '91 and introduced us, uh, really introduced us to all the explicit rap from. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. At all. Oh yeah. Ice T had some explicit oh, stuff. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I, I think the name of that tape he had was Explicit Rap, I believe. Yeah, I think it's, yep. <laughs> it's a compilation of uh, different. And in, in, in television, uh, 90210, Beverly Hills 90210 Ooh. debuted that week, wow. went on to a, a long run, and several versions of it have followed still to um, current day. They're still doing some stuff, I think. I, the music of the week. So... I, when I think fall of 1990, this time, uh, people may deny it now. I got a couple songs on, on this list that people may deny now, but this song was huge. Didn't it really transcended all whatever your genre is? I'm sure I'll have some class of 91 classmates that disagree with me on this, though, but um, Vanilla Ice, Ice Ice Baby. Collaborate and listen. listen. Ice is back with my brand new invention. Something grabs a hold of me tightly. Flow like a hawk daily and nightly. Will it ever stop? I don't know. Other than walking down the aisle and being part of that homecoming um, court, my other memory of that dance is when Sheely, I think it was the dance Sheely was there. When I was sitting at one of the tables there, one of those uh, metal folding chairs. When Steve Sheely turned this song on at the dance, I remember I sprinted to the dance, and I never, <laughs> and I never fast danced. I I only did slow dances. But when this song came on, I was on the floor. I mean, that was the power <laughs> of this song. <laughs> um, and, and during this time period, about a week earlier, because this, this is like first week in October, 
uh, I think one week earlier, because it was the last week in September, um, I was our fellow co-host here, David King. I was really becoming uh, close friends with him during this fall. It was big fall for our friendship, and uh, you know, 30 years later, one of my best friends in the world. We've been close friends ever since. But we went up to the Illini. His family was nice enough to take me up to the Illini football game. They played SIU, and um, we saw actually Howard Griffith score eight touchdowns. Uh, set, set an NCAA record that day, rushing for eight. Yeah. Shut, I think the record still stands today. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, yeah, yeah. But um, and then we and then we went to the mall afterwards. And I don't know if we, I don't know if we bought this tape or by, or we heard the word. But when I think of that trip, I think of this this. I think of this song with David and the King family and driving home that night. Uh, James Ingram's I Don't Have the Heart was a huge hit. Did you buy that tape that day, Dave? I think you did. I did. Okay, so one, uh, yeah. one of us bought the tape. Either about the you either bought the tape or the single tape. It was the, it was yeah, it was the single yeah. tape. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Following then, in following in that Peebo Bryson. And, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. I always connect those guys together. Um, and then my last song from from that homecoming week, and it, it was released in that summer, July or August. But it was a top ten hit during this week. I know Dave always talks about. Um, and he can think, he can, if he has a story, I don't know if he remembers anything about it, but he always mentions this song, listening to it, like on the way to football practice that summer when we had double days, uh, two, two practices a day, morning and the afternoon. Uh, but the song by Nelson, I Can't Live Without Your Love and Affection. Keep us Yeah, Jason, uh, Jason, big and in your to uh, pick me up uh, every day, uh, morning and afternoon for double days of football practice. That song was in his was uh, playing on repeat in his car the entire time. <laughs> I didn't realize he liked that song so much, but he did yeah, at I the mean, time. He did yeah, it at the time. And I think I think also, if I remember, I think Blaze of Glory. Oh, yeah, that uh, bon Jovi was a heat song at the time, yeah. and that that might that might have got some play in there too. But yeah. basically, those two songs were 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 it. Yeah, "Blaze of Glory" would have been was a song I was considering for this. Not I, I know it's a John Bon Jovi solo song, but not a song I have ever loved. I never, I, I did I liked it. I didn't love it. it I never it, really liked yeah. like the country side of like yeah. Bon Jovi. Yeah. Like same. I like country music, but I don't like John Bon Jovi doing like country like the western, like the western. Yeah, side like of old, it. old west. <laughs> from the movie young right. guns yeah or exactly two or whatever so um and then the movies out that week um dave and i actually went to this movie we actually i think we took a couple girls with us to this movie I don't think oh wow was- <laughs> <laughs> holy cow <laughs> wait a minute <laughs> we need that's gonna have don't give away too much information that <laughs> needs its own podcast i don't think it was a and I don't think it was a date. I think we went as friends, but it was actually two guys and two girls going to the movie together. Um, yeah. So, uh, well, so what movie am I going to talk about at the Plaza, Dave? 
Uh, Flatliners. Oh, yeah, Flatliners. Was it? That was at the show place, though, wasn't it? I was at the plaza this week. Okay. I I remember. I think think we went to the the show place. Okay. But, But, um, but yeah. According to the Daily Record, it was going to be playing at the plaza. And then another movie called Narrow Margin was there. Um, And then at the show place, they had Navy Seals. Um, I don't think I ever saw Navy Seals, but I think they did like a, a. parody of it like one of those naked gun type movies of navy okay. seals i saw that one uh, but i only ever saw the original um so a movie called marked for death um maybe a steven seagal movie i don't know sounds like it sounds a right movie. yeah we'll, we'll say we'll call it that <laughs> and then spending its 13th week uh it, it's it's in its 13th week in the theaters it's still a top three movie this movie holds the record for me for the most times I've been to a movie in the theater. I saw this movie five times in the theater from July to October. And I remember um, we got the daily record and I saw whenever this movie ended at the plaza, which I know is coming up soon. We, I saw the next night it was ending its run at the plaza. This is ghost I'm talking about uh, with Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore and Whoopi Goldberg. So I don't think I had to tell that to me. Everybody knows what ghost is. Um, so I'd seen it four times at the theater, already a record setter for me. But when I saw it was not going to be on the plaza the following weekend, I got in my car and I drove over there at nine o'clock that night and watched it by myself because I was like, if this is the last showing, I'm going to be there for it. But um, Brian has mentioned when he talks about podcasts before, he's mentioned the rewatchables with Bill Simmons. Brian got me into that podcast and I've only listened to one episode, but that was the one I picked. And, And that's the one thing Simmons mentions is just, how huge this movie like how long it was on the theater and he says a movie that people just kept going to see over and over again so i guess i wasn't the only one that felt that way about it but yeah when i talk about my all-time favorite movies i never mention ghost but my goodness it's got to be one it's great i love that movie good movie you're gonna if if you're gonna listen to the rewatchables podcast start with that one and that will uh, that's a good one to start with because simmons and his crew they're all big fans of it also and I believe that wraps up 1990, my final homecoming. And we'll move on to the 1991 homecoming. And I think we're going back to David M. King. Big Dave King. Senior year. Senior year. Oh, yes. Uh, unfortunately, the football success, or I guess lack of success, uh, continues. Um, but still a fun week. It's homecoming. Um I'll start off with uh, the music of the music of the week. The number one song in the country was "Emotions" by Mariah Carey. Doesn't really, you know. I remember the song. Doesn't really. I wasn't really a big fan of it at the time, but it was number one. So, um, other notable songs on the charts that week. You had "OPP" by Naughty by Nature. Nice. Three of my favorite songs, um, not the songs that I chose for the week, but just the honorable mentions. Uh, Don't Cry by Guns N' Roses. Great Ugh, video. Great um, video. She's Gone by Steelheart. Um, one of my favorite songs of that, of that fall. And also, this checked in on number 100 of the top 100, You Could Be Mine by Guns N' Roses. Um, the, it was part of the uh, Terminator 2 soundtrack. Um, always loved that song. Uh, three songs I chose um, as far as songs that I that I will forever associate with that uh, with that fall of 91 slash homecoming week. 
Um, starting off number 17 on the charts that week, Enter Sandman by Metallica. I still, baby, don't say a word. And never mind that noise you heard. It's just the beasts under your bed. In your closet, in your head. I never read that song was my introduction to Metallica. I'd never really paid that band much attention. Um, always seems to get a lot of hate from like true Metallica fans. I've no. noticed that too. Well, then I'm not I, a true I, Metallica I, fan because I, I love never it. understand <laughs> that. I mean, yes, they got some good stuff from earlier that I went on to discover later, but that's a great song. Oh, I, I, don't man. Really, I don't care if it was popular. <laughs> it yeah. was a great, I mean, that that's not a that doesn't disqualify it as not being a. And anybody that even remotely likes old school wrestling, there is nothing like when Sandman came into that song <laughs> and that place went crazy. And then now Virginia Tech football. Um, if if you're sitting around looking up videos sometime, YouTube Virginia Tech Inner Sandman, it is unbelievable. That stadium starts just bouncing. Um. Anyone that knew me at this time uh, will not be surprised at the uh, the other song I chose. One of the other songs I chose, coming in at number thirty-three, Brian Adams. Everything I do, I do it for you from the Robin Hood soundtrack, which would have been winding down uh, probably a long run on the charts. We should have probably started in the summer of ninety-one. Is there winding? Is there a more David King song than this? No, no there's way. not. No, nope, I, that's it. Probably not. No. Fantastic song. I'll never forget going going to Evansville on Borja Rivas's last day in the United States after, oh, wow. after he was here our junior year and uh, buying that single tape, listening to it on repeat all the way, <laughs> all the way back from Evansville <laughs> to, uh, to Bridgeport. Great, great day. Um, and then the last song I chose, which is actually our homecoming theme as well, um, came in at number 13 uh, that week, Love of a Lifetime by Firehouse. When that song first came out, I really didn't want to like it, and it's uh, we're, it's you know we're point we're starting to wind down the hair metal era, you know the hair the power ballad, yeah. you know this Firehouse to me I, I love the band but it's that also kind of signify that that era is kind of on its way out, and that's that's one thing I got from looking at the the hot 100 from this uh from this uh this week is that starting to kind of strut you know yeah the 88 was loaded uh by 91 it's really starting to struggle. it's There's sort of good songs on there it sort of went it it sort of for me felt like it it started off with rock bands that sang a ballad yeah. it got to where 
yeah. ballad bands would dabble in rock is and, sort of the and way. I, I, and I always considered my senior year kind of that bridge. I mean, yes, if you lived in like Seattle or something, maybe you're starting to listen to Nirvana and Alice in Chains and bands like that. But no one in no one in Bridgeport Red Hill was listening to those bands at the time. So yeah. we, you know, we had what we had what uh, we listened to what we had uh, you know access to. Yep. But uh, so that leads into we'll start off with the homecoming dance itself. Um, with the again, love of a lifetime was our theme. Our homecoming court, Kelly Andrews. Um, escorted by Ethan Donaldson, Charity Ferguson, escorted by John Putney, uh, our returning champions, Angie Abel and Gene Allen. Uh, we have Jody Cull or <laughs> Jody Cullison now, Jody Lawson, escorted by Tommy Halfaker, uh, Johanna Hotelling, escorted by John Phipps, and Shannon Angle, um, escorted by Matt Schrader. And so our you champion. So you didn't angle to get on that court like I did. You weren't like. Uh, no, I did, okay. I, did. <laughs> I did not. Um, I believe, see, Matt and Shannon would have been, they would have been going out at the time. Um, yeah, that, no, I, 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 I did not. I did not <laughs> angle for that. This was actually the one and only homecoming dance I went to. Um as you know as a as as a senior um i said i had missed the previous year I, I had planned to go but got a nasty case of strep throat and actually after this game or after this week i think probably that weekend i came down the second year in a row with another case of strep throat and missed the entire next week <laughs> and missed the uh missed the oblong game uh the week after that so Homecoming, Just, uh, really good memories for some I, of us, really bad memories I bet, for Dave. I, I guess I wasn't disinfecting my uh, <laughs> mouthpiece for my football helmet good enough or, or what was going on, but uh, that uh, that caught up with me both years. Um, but our, win, our 1991 homecoming queen was uh, the aforementioned Jody Lawson, escorted by Tommy Halfaker. And if you want to hear about Tommy Halfaker's archery career or, or your young <laughs> budding archery career, tune into the archives. Yeah, and his merchant's career and his Red Hill High School varsity debut. Yeah. Um, no surprise uh, who the uh, who the winner of the of the, of the floats were. Um, Bragging. <laughs> looks here, like seniors. Uh, here we Mandy go again. Perry, Mandy Perry and Daniel Glosser portrayed Rub a Dub Dub. In the first place tub. <laughs> I have no, I have no memories where that float was constructed. It was not here at King Farms. Um, I have no memories of that float whatsoever. But uh, we we did win. <laughs> so, uh, um, this is getting old. <laughs> this is so what. Did Tana, so did Tana and David's class win eight consecutive? Did Tana win all four years? Tana uh, and Doug Cummins. Yeah, so, yeah. Seems We're like close. It. So yeah. we'll say that we, they did, but um, yeah, that's eight consecutive wins for Nancy Ke Nancy King. Barnes I'd be interested to see what she was see. Let's see the freshman of the next year. So that would have been with class of '96. Yeah, to see how they did. Yeah, so they they went all the way through. I I don't know, I just, <laughs> but uh, it's getting silly at this point. Yeah. So I <laughs> so then. <laughs> 
So we had the, the football game, unfortunately. And <laughs> I was actually surprised looking back at some of the games uh, from 91. It was not a good football season. Um, I remember we scored in almost every game, but I – I remember that we got beat lots worse than some of the games we did. Some of the games ended up being a lot closer than I remember. Um, unfortunately, this homecoming game was not one. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we played Flora. Um, actually, we started off the game. Uh, we had an eight and a half minute sustained drive um, to start the game against Flora, but came up empty, did not points. And then Flora, uh, Flora rattled off 40 unanswered on us. Um, Bobby Stevens scored a touchdown in the fourth quarter uh, to make it 40 to six, which is the was, was the final score. Um, Flora basically dominated on the ground. They had 200 yard rushers, uh, only passed the ball four times for 13 yards, um, but just just tore us up on the ground. Um, our, our main guys, uh, Bobby Stevens, uh, rushed 17 times for 43 yards. Gary Emmons, five for 11 yards. I'm sure there was a few sacks in there that uh, held that number back. Um, Chancey Roderick for nine for nine, nine for minus 29. Oh, ouch. He was a punter, so maybe yeah, we had a punt. punt. Yeah, yeah. So, some, somewhere in there. Uh, Gary did uh, complete eight out of 16 passes for 78 yards. There you go, um, Gary. With that blindside, prote- is that blindside protection you had, man? Yeah. <laughs> no one, no one was getting through to you. So. <laughs> but, define, uh, yeah. define so, no rough one. Game, forty to forty to six. Um, would follow up and I said the game I missed the next week uh, was a close loss to Oblong, and then uh, then we finished our season with the uh, with the great uh, with the great win over Lawrenceville overtime overtime victory, but. Uh, but the uh, Flora game was actually uh, one of the, besides the Mount, Car- you know, Mount Carmel, Salem, you know, teams that we lost by 50 points to. Flora was actually one of the more lopsided uh, losses we had later in the year. Yeah. But what are we going to do? We're about six. It? We're six and three now at homecoming. Yeah. Solid. Played a full season of homecomings now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Solid year. Headed the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, Gary, uh, this is your junior year. You got any memories of the homecoming that, that year? Uh, very little. I probably was concussed if I was guessing. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Gary, very this was when, when Gary was actively getting CTE on a weekly yeah. basis. <laughs> uh, well, if you don't have anything, that pretty well wraps up my 91. Uh, we'll send it over to Gary to wrap things up with the uh, fall of 92. I'm the last one in high school now, uh, fall of 92. Um, just like this year, we were gearing up for a presidential election and uh, leading off homecoming week on Sunday night was uh, the three-way debate between George Bush, Bill Clinton, and H. Ross Perot uh, had, had their first debate of, the, of that uh, election season. Um, I'm, sure it was a little, I'm sure it was a little different than the one we just watched. Yeah, even with three guys up there, probably a little less uh, argumentative, I'm guessing. So uh, a couple of the uh, notes that I thought was interesting with homecoming week, I noticed in the newspaper that on um, Saturday, October 10th of that week, Bridgeport Township High School was going to have a have a class reunion at the Elks. Uh, 
it basically really, I mean, it said in the article only class up to 73 was allowed to attend. So it was no Red Hill mixture. It was all just like BTHS on Saturday, October 10th. Like hey, the next day, Sunday, October 11th, they had a BTHO only dinner over at the Green Auditorium at noon. So they had a lunch in the next day for just the Bridgeport uh, graduates. Well, I've had, I had somebody contact me one time and they were kind of upset that we were called old school Red Hill sports and that we weren't including Bridgeport sports. But I guess... It's not the first time this has happened. It happened to the yeah. BTHS people have excluded the Red Hill people before. Absolutely. So. And yes. They can they can start their own old school bulldog yes. podcast. In in some local news, uh classmate Melissa Griffin was ticketed for going sixty three to fifty five <laughs> on Highway fifty. Melissa. Slow That's down. Only- that's only eight miles per hour. He's probably going like 66 and he knocked it and down. Yes, yeah, so, yeah. That's... So you think it was a lot worse. And she, and she got hired at Enterprise, Brian. Yeah. Uh, that, that so. It didn't hold former, back her career. Uh, former Saluki Mark Ambrose has started his career at Milliken, and he had a the previous week he had rushed for 249 yards and a victory over the Cardinals. My goodness. He had a 249 great... yards? That's right. Uh, movies playing over at the plaza was the last of the Mohicans and under siege. I think pretty confident under siege was definitely, um, <laughs> um Seagal. Steven Seagal, the hottest guy, hottest guy in podcasting right yeah. now, him and now, Darby now, Wagner. <laughs> I'll tell you what, last Bubba Baker gets a lot of mentions. That's true. Underrated. There's kind of thrown in here and there, but, um, <laughs> now Dave, you're a last of the Mohicans guy, aren't you? Uh, Probably just the book, the movie. Uh, not really. I mean, I I, me- I remember the movie. I remember watching it. I don't uh, have. I knew you watched yeah, it. That's yeah, probably what I was thinking yeah. of. Over at Showplace Three, we had Hero, which I have no remembrance of that. Uh, the Mighty Ducks was out, and uh, you know we're getting near Halloween season, so we had Hellraiser Three playing during that time. I just don't think it lived up to Hellraiser One and Two, but that's just my nope. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah they they should have stopped. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh billboard hot 100 that week uh starting with number three we had a really popular song i know with with my group and the the, the group below me with chancy and lump and uh, uh kelly jump around by house of pain pack it up pack it in let me begin i came to win battle me that's a sin i won't ever slack up don't give it a back up try and play the role and you're the whole crew will act up get up stand up come on throw your hands up if you got the feeling still played in stadiums well uh, around the, the country still We're pretty sure wisconsin football uses it at the end of the third quarter or something they always play that for the students and people there we're going to slow it down for number two we got a uh, uh, patty Smythe with sometimes love just ain't enough there's a reason why people don't stay where they are baby sometimes love just Teaming up with uh, his second mention on the podcast this week, Don Henley. That's right. And then coming in at number one there during this week was Boys to Men with End of the Road. Those guys did okay. 
Yeah, that that was at that that spent like 13 weeks at number one, which at that time was the record. And I know I was I remember I remember being annoyed by those stats that they were achieving, but hey, yeah, because they they changed the charts in '91. I'm sure that's a podcast we'll do on the Brian and Chip show about how the charts changed, but uh, yeah, why? Big, big time EIU song, and they're they're still going strong. They play the Mirage uh, in Vegas as a residency, but there's only three of them now. I know they yeah, lost saw, a guy, and I mentioned a um, couple shows ago. <laughs> May I actually it was the last show I mentioned. I went to the New Kids in the Block concert in set 2017, and they were the opener for New Kids in the Block that night. Was there three or four of them? I think three of them. Yeah, I wonder what happened to that other guy. I'm not sure. So leading into that week, well, with Spirit Week, we had a few different days that uh, hadn't been done in the past, of course. But we had Crisscross Day, the 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 rap group or rap duo. That was one of the days. A lot of people dressed up for that. We had the '60s or '50s and '60s day was one of them. I'm in, uh, I'm missing one of the days, but one was TV Character Day, and um, it was kind of funny. Chris Ralston, Rooster Ralston, used to come pick me up for school a lot of times, and without even talking and didn't even know, I, he pulls up and I'm like, what in the hell is he, what's he have on? And I get in the car, he's got a suit and tie and like a, uh, I, I can, I can afro wig. And I'm like, who the hell are you? And he's like, he's I'm Norm from Cheers. So Rooster dressed up like Norm from Cheers. For a, <laughs> That's great. It was pretty funny. There's a picture of, there's a picture of him in the yearbook with uh, in, in, his, in his outfit. I believe uh, Holly Moore dressed up as Doogie Howser that year. I'm pretty sure I saw in the yearbook too. Cheers is hot on our podcast. Now Doogie Howser <laughs> making a, a, a real run. So, of course, we had the, the normal week. Uh, you know, someone mentioned earlier the, the pyramid competition. I think Brian's class. And I, my class was just pretty much, we didn't do well in much of anything. And uh, with the floats, I know we got uh, third one year. It was mentioned earlier, but we finished fourth the rest of the years. I couldn't even hardly tell what the theme was. It was some sort of maybe 50s and 60s and 70s music again, which was also um, the, the theme of the dance that year, it looked like, by some of the decor in the room. I don't remember this, but we did, uh, whoever was in charge, picked uh, an old classic for our, uh, our homecoming theme that year. Brian, you got that one queued up? Say, only fools so when Gary sent in his music he needed loaded up for the show i said this has to be the ub40 version of this right and, and then he explained that no it, it's the elvis so uh the football game you know we had obviously that year started off the season just uh wonderfully with the uh upset of uh, mount carmel and then one in a thriller down at carmi and sitting at uh, three and one, but we lost to Fairfield the next week. And, uh, and then we, we lost this one, a tough game to Olney, a game we should have won. You know, people say that a lot, but uh, the, the streak, uh, losing streak continues for homecoming. It was a pretty tight game, lost 19 to seven. We did uh, start the game, led seven to nothing early on a Steve Bocock, 26 yard uh, touchdown run. It was an option uh, to the left side. Vinny Aruha. Yeah, Vinny. P-A-T. And, uh, but unfortunately, the, we had four, four lost fumbles. I know for a fact I fumbled inside the five, I think, on the fourth down play. Which Gary. I know. And uh, so that was a tough one. Uh, Bobby rushed for 81 yards, and Steve Bocock had a career-high 65 yards rushing in that game. Uh, dropped us to three and three, and we only won uh, two more, uh, like I said, just one more game the rest of the year, and I had a, had a tough, tough end to that season. Uh, the homecoming court, we had a Rachel Childress being escorted by Chris Moore. We had Nikki Moe escorted by myself. 
Uh, Misty Wells was escorted by Eric Andrews and Amy Legg was escorted by Danston SQ. Uh, we voted on it that year and we picked Jamie Putney as the queen and she was escorted by defensive end and uh, starting center Chris Rooster Arousen. Oh, Misty does not. Yeah, Adam Street, effort. I thought we could take one, but Gray Street wins that year. I was really rooting for uh, Misty as we awaited that verdict. <laughs> That was my final my my final homecoming as a as a student and good show guys taking a trip back uh, and I guess I assume they'll have a homecoming in the spring. I would yeah I think I, I well who I, knows I don't, know how, yeah. I don't know how this works yeah. <laughs> so. I don't know but I don't yeah I'm, I don't know good memories I, if we're not playing football now I don't know if we're gonna be able to play football in the winter but I know everybody thinks we're gonna be so we'll keep the positive yeah. positive okay yeah football this winter with homecoming good good memories um it was a special time back in the 80s and early 90s in bridgeport and the the whole town participated and lots of uh lots of fun going through those hey uh before we go just want to say thank you to the sponsors that you heard on this show and and uh if you would let them know that that you heard them on the podcast i'm sure they would appreciate hearing that they're uh they're uh, so nice to spo help sponsor the show and uh, hit the subscribe button. That lets everybody know that uh, that you are listening to the show, and it'll automatically go right into your phone. I know at least if you use Apple, which is what I use, or or Podbean, they'll it'll it'll let you know when the new episode drops and automatically load onto your phone so you can find it. Um, don't be afraid to. Give us comments on the Facebook page. Let us know if you got ideas for shows. We've got a whole list of, of shows that we're going to do. We're, we've got a sheet that we update constantly, and and then one kind of pops up like this one did uh, this time. We really hadn't talked about it, and then just out of the blue decided to, to do Homecomings, and I think it was a good one and good idea. Lots of great music. So, Chip, you got anything to uh, to wrap us up here? No, I don't. It's a lot of fun. I hope people enjoy listening. I know we have a lot of fun recording them, and uh, we'll keep keep doing it. I look forward to seeing you guys in a couple weeks for another one. Dave? Yeah, yeah same thing. Great time. Uh, great memories. Mook, what about you? Yeah, I would say it was a, fun going back. It was such a special week for, for all of us, and uh, fantastic, fantastic times, and good, good, good to go back and remember. Yeah, this is when the school song uh, you usually plays, and I'm sure it will again on our next show here in a couple of weeks, but I think we'll leave you with another Van Halen song as we lost Eddie Van Halen this week. So join us on the next show, and uh, we will continue our oral history of Red Hill High School and its sports. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.